Blog Talk Radio. more people are, you know, tuned into it. Um, obviously, hardcores are going to be, you know, all over it. But it, it is kind of nice, uh, um, you know, kind of nice, uh, nice how you're starting to see it get a little bit more attention. I haven't heard, like, a bunch of mainstream, nor that I really, you know, think that would be the case. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this fight. As are many. We're, we're going to definitely uh, preview and predict it. Uh, man, it's it's a back and forth fight. You know, if you look at the um, the betting odds, it, you would think it's about like a seventy thirty, something like that. Maybe sixty five, thirty five, seventy five, twenty five, something like that in favor of Inouye. Uh, um, but I don't know, man. On paper, for me, that uh, you know, I really. I believe that that's that's a little wide to say the least. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to kind of preview and predicting. I know John has a has he's on vacation, so I'm not sure he's going to be able to have time to call in. I know he has some friends coming in town. He was talking about so it's kind of shaky if he's going to call in and give his takes, which obviously uh, you know. Um, He's on vacation, so, you know, it's all good. I'm actually just started a vacation today as well. I have this this uh, next few, several days off. So definitely trying to enjoy, you know, the time in the summer when you live, especially when you live in the north. you got to enjoy the summer for, for whatever it brings. Uh, earlier today it was raining really, really hard, um, but it's nice and sunny now. And uh, it's going to be, you know, I, I'm not going to complain about the temperature, that's for sure, because a lot of people listening to this live in places where it's just going crazy with the temperature, all sorts of record setting, you know, this many days over 100 and all that, 113, and it's crazy, man. So I definitely feel for those folks. Uh, I mean, <laughs> when it gets into the 90s, uh, folks up here are, are 
you know, not liking it. Let's put it that way. Uh, but, but I couldn't imagine, especially, uh, you know, in the South where it gets real, real hot. But anyway, let's get off the weather. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many people just stay up, how many people, you know, I guess in the U.K. it's at, it's at a pretty good time, actually. They say it's going to be right around 8 o'clock Eastern, so that's 7 o'clock here Central Time. Um, you know, um, if it's 7 or 7.30 or 8, to stay up all that time, I'm not sure I would I would do that. I'd probably just, you know, set an alarm, watch it, and then go back to sleep. Um, but, you know, it kind of matters how you're feeling you know, at like three or four in the morning too, you know, if it was three or four, I would just stay up obviously. Um, cause I'm a night owl anyway, you know, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to stay up till seven o'clock just to get to bed at, you know, I think, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but it'll be funny. Hopefully, uh, you know, you set your alarms, check it twice, you know, just to make sure. So you don't miss this fight. And I'll tell you this, if I fall asleep, uh, you know, chilling, I will definitely not go online. That's one thing I won't do. I'll go right to ESPN Plus and pop it on. And and the cool thing about ESPN Plus is it's like their promo, right, The the promotional for it, it'll just be on there. It won't even hint you at the result because... You know, with the zone, sometimes you'll see the guy throwing the punch on the archived uh, version. You know, when you go into the zone and you watch it a day later, maybe later that night, a lot of times they'll have the person who won the fight, like, landing a punch. And so I, you know, obviously for some time now I've learned not to even, you know, pay attention to that. You know, just not even not even worry about that. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, that is a nice thing. And for those wondering about that, there is no spoilers. I mean, if you go on ESPN straight up or something like that, or the ESPN plus news portion of it, especially, excuse me, especially the, not the one just on the app that you put on your TV. Cause you know, you can kind of skip all that, but if you do it on your phone, there's, you know, there's news and, you know, it's like the website, ESPN, straight up. So you do have to watch out for that. But other than that, man, um, you know, you should be able to get on there and check it out. Um, there are, I think, I think the coverage starts way earlier than that, but there are two, I guess you could say, fights of note. And, and really, you know, the Ramirez fight, I wouldn't really call it a fight of note. The opponent's uh, not a great opponent. But, hey, staying busy. I know he had a little issue um, <clears throat> with the Japanese commission. A lot of people talking about the Japanese commission of late. Um, you know, they're definitely still on the weed thing. Um, and then tattoos. If you're like a, a Japanese fighter who is consistently fighting under the commission, they don't want you to have tattoos, which is really weird. You know, it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> but they're not going to, you know, if someone comes over there, obviously, they can have tattoos. But, yeah, they're, uh, from the sounds of it, they're pretty strict. And, you know, we might as well talk about, obviously, on this episode, we're going to talk Spencer Crawford. 
Um, <clears throat> it's a <laughs> even bigger fight. Um, that's what's crazy about this week. I mean, you'd really have to go back. I mean, obviously, well before the 2000s, but the 90s and maybe even the 80s. And that's kind of why I wish we had John on as well, because he could maybe point out something that's like, oh, yeah, that's right. And um, But to have Inouye Fulton and Spence Crawford on one night, man, it is it, – or in, in one week, I should say, not one night. It is pretty freaking wild, man. I mean, that shit is pretty crazy um, for that to, <laughs> for that to happen. I mean, it's um, it's pretty crazy, man. Uh, I'm trying to think back. I I thought about it the other day. Didn't really do any research on it. Just kind of racking my brain on two fights on one night. A lot of times, obviously, they're they're on the same night when that happens. You know, here in the states. Um. But it does kind of have that throwback feel, you know, because I do specifically remember going to my grandparents' house um, and watching the fight with my grandpa and my uncle and my mom and and watching, you know, the – I think it was Hagler um, – well, definitely – I think I watched Hagler and Leonard there. I watched Leonard Hearns 2 there and my grandfather was very very mad uh that you know obviously tommy hearns deserved to win the rematch clearly um he definitely got screwed out of that one um but yeah man it's uh that that's pretty wild that was pretty wild but yeah there's there's several other fights i wonder if it was the duran the duran lettered one as well i can't remember but the, the whole weeknight thing, it seems strange now, and I've heard a lot of people freaking out about it, you know. Um, but it it did used to actually be like this, man. It really did. It used to be where you could just have a fight. It was no problem during the week. You know, boxing was such a big big deal that it was it was normal. Now, the time frame is, is messed up. But, you know, it, the Thriller in Manila – some of these fights that were overseas, um, they, you know, you'd have to go to a movie theater. Uh, you know, I remember my dad and uh, my uncle and a couple other people talking about, you know, going to the theater uh, back then just to watch it because that was like the way you watched it, you know. Um, but I don't know when there's when there's so many fights going on in the, the quote unquote fights you want to see. There was obviously more of that, you know, in the 80s ongoingly throughout years. Um, now it's not as big of a deal, you know. But here it's like, man, you know, we really wish we could watch this damn one at a normal time. But it'll be interesting to see. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of nostalgic, I guess. Uh, let me, let me stop ranting. But back to the Japanese commission. Now, a lot has been made about the hand wraps because the trainer of Stephen Fulton, you know, basically came out and said, Hey, you know, um, there's some issue going on. Um, I remember for, was it the second Donaire fight or the first? I think it was the second. Yeah, it was the second one because that was, I think that was on ESPN plus. Um, (laughs) 
I remember seeing the hand wrap there. They, they had the video of the hand wrap and there's been, there's been talk about the double, you know, double stacking and, you know, the, the tape gauze tape. Um, a lot of it has to do with like the technicality of it being an inch away from, you know, certain parts of your hand. Right. And I've heard it a variety of ways. And the problem is like in America, each commission throughout the country can have slightly different, you know, rules and regulations, just like horsehair for gloves, you know, the horsehair gloves. Some are perfectly fine with it. Others, no way, you know. So I know I want to say in the UK, they don't allow them in most of the, I believe, in that commission. But you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, that no matter what, there is a legal way to do it. Um, and, you know, he, he talked about how he's wrapping his hand and it's it's basically forming like, and we've heard, you know, a lot of, we hear a lot of stuff when it comes to, to fights, if we're being honest. You know what I mean? Um, and some people pick and choose when to make a big deal about it, you know? Um, which is always kind of telling, you know what I mean? Uh, because it's like, well, you know, why, why are we mad again? Like, I thought, you know, this is a situation. Uh, there was that, you know, basically <laughs> there was, they were doing the press conference. They were talking about it. And Stephen Fulton, dude, Steph, cool boy Steph, he, he was, he was really funny. His face reaction was really funny when he heard his trainer say, if this, you know, we're going to, we would, there's potential, basically, he was saying there was potential if we don't get this figured out, um, that I'll pull my fighter from the fight. And and Fulton was like, what's that now? You know, like, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on. We didn't talk about that. Uh, but no, it basically, um, and a lot of people said Fulton said it, technically his trainer said it talking about the hand wraps obviously and just like it claiming the way he wrapped his hand you know formed like a cast inside the club that's and he said he had allegedly have proof right and some of that proof would be um probably that video you know more than likely um but i think fight hype the title was Stephen Fulton accuses NUA of loading gloves threatened to pull out if not fixed. And so Fulton's team did, obviously he's, he's responsible for his team in this, in this sense, but I, I don't think there's going to be an issue with the shove. Um, that's my guess. You know what I mean? That's my guess. I don't think that there'll actually be an issue. Um, you know, that 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 is for so um but yeah man um oh wait what am i saying okay sorry so i'm having a little bit of issue with the switchboard right now um i'm trying to get a little help on it i i hope it doesn't prevent people from uh you know obviously calling in that would suck well, you can call in. No, hold on. Let me say that again. You can definitely call in, 646-381-4990. No one's getting dropped, and I've seen some people press 1, 
Um, and, and it's someone local here. Um, 651 is the area code. Right now, 651, and, and um, the, like I said, I'm not necessarily going to you right now because I can't. The switchboards give me a little bit of an issue. So usually these things can happen and, and it, it gets fixed, basically. So, um, so yeah. So just so you know, uh, I'm going to send for help again just to try to make it. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean – People pick and choose when to talk about this stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes it is. Like, sometimes it's 100% legit. Sometimes you're just doing your due diligence as a trainer. Um, but, you know, I think we're going to be okay with this. I don't think there's going to be, and I don't mean to, like, you know, downgrade what anybody was saying or anything like that or um but because you know there was a, a picture i think there was also a picture of him and i believe it was when he was sparring um but the actual quotes are i have a safety and this is fulton Strainer. i have a safety concern that i would like to address the previous fights anyway and his team have wrapped his hands with an excessive amount of tape on his skin then placing gauze and more tape, which creates a cast. If this issue isn't resolved, I will not let my fighter in the ring. So that's exactly somebody uh, uh, messaged me saying, you know, what what they didn't really know exactly what the thing was. Um, and this is like Edward um, Breadman. He said, when you wrap hands in the order, uh, when you wrap hands, the order is simple: gauze, then tape. Any other tape, then gauze, then more tape, etc., is stacking. It doesn't matter if it's on the knuckles or not, but the issue isn't if it's stacking or not. The issue is some commission let uh, let you do it, some don't. Um, and that's just giving you, you know, a variety of stuff or whatever uh, when it comes to this. But, yeah, I mean, and then you hear from Stitch, and he's like, this is, listen, there's rules, and this is what it is. It has to be an inch away from that, and you can – there literally is like a length. You can use a length of tape and gauze. That's what you have. Now, you, I don't think you can go over that. Now, I can't say it's 100%. Um, you know, and here's actually Robert Garcia. Anyway, a spot in Japan, the U.K., California, Vegas. All different rules on hand wrap. The result has been the same everywhere it goes. Let's not discredit the best fighters in the world. So, you know, and that is the key point there, you know. That is the key point. Like, you really do have to figure it out. And a few people posted this, uh, the abcboxing.com from the site. And hand wraps shall be restricted to no more than 20 yards of soft gauze no more than two inches wide. The gauze shall be held in place by no more than eight feet of adhesive tape, no more than one and a half inches wide. The adhesive tape shall not cover any part of the knuckles when the hand is clenched to make a fist. The use of water or any other liquid or material on top or on, <laughs> on the tape is strictly prohibited. Hand wraps shall be applied in the dressing room in the presence of the commission 
representative, and obviously, you know, the fighter on both sides can have somebody there, whether it's his trainer or somebody there that he trusts watching. So you got to you got to you got to keep that in mind. Okay, so um, like I said, just because it's you know different commissions and all that. There are there, – it just – I don't know. You, you, you just got to – I just don't think – as of right now, right, I don't think this is going to be a major impact. But in the same breath, I'm not going to sit there and, and freak out over them talking about it, them bringing it up. You know, I don't have a problem with them bringing it up whatsoever. You know, I, 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 I don't think that there's a problem at all with that. So – um, I, to me, I, I hear a lot of stuff here, a lot of people talking about a lot of stuff, and it's like, well, I mean, to be fair, you know, I, I don't think that's a big deal to bring it up. I really don't. I don't see a problem with it whatsoever, because if you see something and you want to make sure it's done right, cool, but you do got to bring, you do obviously have to have a representative in there, and maybe it is the trainer, maybe it's not, maybe it's just someone in the camp, but yeah, that is a crucial thing, and people bring up Antonio Margarito, and, and, and Trinidad, and, and a variety of things, and and obviously, those fighters have been caught with something, or, or, or you know, right at, during this scenario, I remember watching the Mosley Margarito live, I was actually in Florida, I was uh, at a bar, and uh, there was a little delay, and they brought that up, that the hand wraps thing. And I'm like, huh, okay. But he came out there and obviously, you know, mostly undressed him that night. But, yeah, I just don't – I think it's going to be okay. I think that they're going to – they're clearly they're going to have someone in the room that knows what the hell they want and what's legal and what's not. That's pretty clear. And if you – you know – if it was going to be such a major issue, I'll say this, um, that could have been addressed as well, if we're being honest. I mean, I don't know if you can actually put it in the contract per se um, when it comes to a detail of how you have to exactly wrap your hands, but could you put it in there that you have to follow these certain rules or whatever? I know you could do glove size and all that. So, and obviously catch weight and, you know, rehydration and all that. So I think, I don't know. My point is I really don't think, um, I just don't think it'll be that big of a deal. Now, Timothy Bradley, you know, definitely, you know, went out of his way um, to say that there's an issue, you know. Um, But... To me, it just—I don't know. I just that one. I think we're going to be okay. Let's just put it that way. Uh, maybe there will be a delay. You know what I mean? Uh, I definitely wouldn't. Uh, I definitely wouldn't put that out. You know, I, I definitely put that in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, and actually, Donaire's rap guy Mike Basil uh, on the controversy. This was fight hype as well. This is. Uh, um, yes, yeah, fight. I, it protects the hand. He can punch, dude. 
You ain't got to take a, that away from him. Take it all away, and he still can punch like a freaking mule. And it's like, well, that really, that's kind of a weird quote because it's like, take what away? You know, like, what 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 are we talking about? Like, you going to take his hand wraps away or take his glove away? Or I, I don't know. That was that was kind of a weird one. Um, and, you know, then there was the glove thing. And I'm not calling it glove gate, but we're just talking about it because some of these things need to be addressed, whether they're legit or not. I'm just bringing them up. I'm not fully judgment on it and saying, oh, you know, Fulton's getting screwed or the vice versa, whatever. I'm just, I'm just, you know, reporting it basically. And uh, Donaire, the the thing with the gloves. So when you when you go to, you know, before the fight even happens. Both teams get to look at the gloves, right? Most of the times, and, and we're talking about the U.S., the gloves come in a sealed wrap. You know, they come sealed wrap. Whether they get shipped or you bring them, whatever. They, they definitely are sealed, right? Now, there's a picture going around. Well, first of all, Donaire said that, you know, that they brought in gloves sometimes. And it, it was like there was gloves here that were sealed, gloves here that were sealed, but then there was gloves that they wanted to wear that weren't sealed. Um, so it's kind of a vague thing, but I do want to address the picture going around. There's a picture going around that there's some tape as if the, the packaging got open and then it they taped it shut, right? And a lot of people are trying to put that on to the to what we're talking about and saying, hey, look, he brought these gloves that weren't sealed. Um, now, on the flip side of that, um, Jake Donovan and others have said um, that the commission, they, they, they checked them, they opened it up, they checked it out, and that's why the it's sealed taped, the tape there, is because the commission already went through it. So, you know what I mean? It, it, like I said, people will just run with stuff. And like I said, it, it is great to question this. You got to question stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. doesn't mean, you know, people think they're cheating or whatever. But, um, you know, like it, there's been plenty of people that have brought this up. So I, I figure it's just, it's worth, to me, it's worth bringing up because, uh, you know, nowadays conspiracy theories can just run rapid. And when that happens in boxing, it really takes, you know, credit away in general from a lot of stuff. And sometimes, you know, I don't know. Um, sometimes this stuff is so far-fetched. You know what I mean? Um, but there are times where a commission allows something where you're like, wow, I can't believe they allow that, you know? And it just happens. You know what I mean? It happens. Um, let's see here. There's, someone sent me this to Jake. Jake Donovan. Well, obvi- uh, obviously, discuss, discuss hand wraps. Oh, I'm, he's talking about the show. Okay, so this is from a few days ago. Um, okay, so the hand wraps stuff today. What I will say, I'd rather hear a team address it before the fight than after. 
I agree. Regardless of what you think about Team Fulton's approach, the Japanese Boxing Commission now has a job to do on Tuesday. It's not the first time an issue's been raised. And that that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if you, you know, if, if people have made a big deal about something, then it's like, and it and it seemed legit, whether it's legit or not. At times, you know, why not bring it up? There's nothing wrong with that. I don't see the problem with that whatsoever. I really don't. So, and I am getting some messages that are going pretty, pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like I'm not accusing anybody of cheating. I'm also not a, saying that there's nothing to this. You know, um, but that. You know, that, that picture going around with the tape, it just closes the bag they're in. I've, I've seen that from several legit people saying that. Um, so as of right now, that's that's what I fully believe. Yeah, otherwise, you know, I, I didn't want to. So, yeah, the ring walk's around 8 o'clock, just for people that weren't listening at the start. It's right around 8 o'clock Eastern time, okay? So... You know, you you do what you got to do at that point. You know, do you want to stay up and try to make it? Do you want to, you know, it's it's totally, you got to have a plan, though. Definitely have to have a plan, man. You just got to. But, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and go deep into the the hand wrap stuff because I've already talked about it. um, And, you know, there's really no point in uh, continuing to, to go over the same stuff, um, you know, uh, stacking and all that. It's really about you have a certain amount of tape, a certain amount of gauze, and a certain area you could put on it. Whether it's your knuckles, your wrist, there, there's there's rules and regulations, and that's what that's what your uh, that's what your you know that's what everybody has the same playing field when it comes to that. Now, like I said. There's nothing wrong with bringing it up if this type of thing's happening. And I know because it's been on camera, there's footage of Inouye's team having gloves that weren't sealed, bringing them to it and saying, hey, can I get these approved? So, yeah, that is different than what we do here. Okay, And I'm not trying to say, oh, the Japanese commission is crooked as if we don't have, you know, corruption here. You know, that's obvious. We actually just had a, a horrible scorecard over the weekend. Go figure. In that Cambosis uh, fight, you know, I mean, whether you think it was a draw, whether you think Maxi uh, Hughes should have won, whether you think Cambosis snuck it out, whatever, you know, it was it was a, it's a lot more competitive than some people are talking about, and I think it, a lot of it just strings off that one, you know, item. That's it. A lot of it is just all comes from that one thing. And so, and that one thing, obviously, is scorecard. You know, it's a shitty scorecard, so it makes it seem worse, you know. Uh, but it, but like I said, I'm not saying, oh, Maxie didn't win that fight. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, to me, uh, it was a close fight. And we'll, we'll get into that fight first. I like to start in the ring. I've been talking a little bit too long. We'll go over some fight news as well. Devin Haney, um, you know, got 
uh, an extension. Um, you know, supposedly they're still working out uh, some things. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. But he did get extended. So the prograde, um, the W. Oh, here it is. The WBC deadline to Haney decide, you know, between 135 or 140 and Progray or Stevenson. We talked about last week how, you know, Stevenson was going to become the mandatory. Well, they got an extension, and it was a request, it was a request from Matchroom. So Eddie Hearn is clearly trying to get this deal done because if he doesn't get the fight for Progray, right, Progray has to fight Sandor Martin. And that's not necessarily the, you know, that that's a weird fight. That can be a weird fight uh, for Progray, you know. And not only that, but all of a sudden it's a, you know, it's like a big, big, like, okay, I didn't get a big fight. I wanted a fight. Now it's a stumble. But then you're, you're already on your third fight. Let's say you beat Martin, right? You're already on your third fight of your deal. So matchroom really would want the Haney fight, clearly. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, if you're going to – and like I said, um, I am actually – I hope it's – I did just see someone pressing one, and they dropped. Um, man, yeah, I haven't been able to get help just yet. They said they're, they're working on it. A lot of times, like I said um, – you know, it can, uh, it can, it can, you know, just be fine. So, so hopefully, man, that will really suck. <laughs> I might have to do something later in the week if, if some people couldn't call in, because this would be a much shorter show. And obviously, you like to, to get the wide variety. Uh... Okay, hang on, I'm getting some messages. So, um, like I said, people that are on right now that haven't got dropped, if you press one, I did notice someone dropped, but it could have been just someone leaving because I wasn't watching 100%. Uh, but eh, this is a long time ago. But every once in a while, if you press one, it would it would drop you for some reason. But that's just like when it's having issues. So I don't really totally, uh, totally know what's up with that. Um All right, so um, I do want to talk about that Cambosis fight a little bit. Um, all right, so um, my apologies if you're having a little issue. I just got some messages saying that they uh, they tried to call in and it dropped them. Just call back, hang out. I can always just go to you. You don't necessarily have to press one. I could just go to you once I get the thing uh, up and running again. Um, real quick, for those who, you know, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. However, you don't have to uh, go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and download the show there. Uh, you can find it in a variety of places. Um, among that, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Player FM, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and several other places out there that you can check out the show. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegroovingtruth.com, 
um, Eastside Boxing and Phil Boxing. And one more thing, Direct TV Stream, Your TV, Your Way, live sports news in, in on demand, no annual contracts, no hidden fees for a limited time. Get $30 off uh, over your first three months, starting at $64.99 plus tax for the first three months. You can also start a free trial today. Learn how to, uh, for new subscribers, learn how to, you can join, learn how, sorry about that, I'm getting all these messes, I'm messing this up. All right, sorry. Learn, for new subscribers only, uh, you can learn uh, how to join this priority wait list for a free TV from Telly, okay? That's direct TV stream. That's probably the worst uh, read I've had, but that's okay. No problem. All right, so. Um, the Cambosis fight, it's funny because, I don't know, you just, you just, um, it's, it's kind of a weird, weird thing. Um, like his career right now, like losing to Haney twice, no big deal. Stylistically, that was going to be a rough matchup regardless. And, um. You know, you lost to him twice. Like I said, big deal. Um, <clears throat> the fights prior to that, there were some, you know, some some holes in there, I guess you could say. Um, some major, <laughs> some of them. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. It's like he just, it's like he wasn't, I don't know, he was doing some things early in the fight that you could clearly see he needed to like press the action and and it just he just he just he did he finally did in, in the first half compared to the second half that was different but to judge him on the Teofimo Lopez fight and how he fought it's just really tricky because the way Lopez fought, he fought so out of character in that fight. And, you know, in the, the things he talked about, you know, as far as a health condition he had. Um, now, I don't know the extent of that, you know, because it just came out of his words. We don't know the exact extent of that. Because if it was as bad as they're saying, then maybe his team should have put him in the ring. You know what I mean? Not maybe. They shouldn't have. If it's as serious as they, he was talking about, you know? So, but, so, and even in the second half of that fight, Tiafimo definitely got back in the fight. It was a, it was a competitive fight, but the Lee Selby, uh, the Mickey Bay fight, yeah, like the last part of the second half or whatever, Tiafimo Lopez, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, you can just see these flaws. You can just see that he's a pretty good fighter, but he wasn't just going to run the division. And I, even when he beat Teofimo going into the Haney, not a ton of people actually, unless they just really hate Haney, thought that he would deal with him. You know, Cambosis, it was, a, it was a bad matchup. And just the jab alone in the first fight, but the jab and a variety of other punches, the left hook, the right hand, um, it was pretty easy to see that he was probably going to win that one. But Cambosis, man, the first 
handful of rounds. I mean, maybe you could get in the second, um, but rounds one through maybe five or six um, obviously favored Maxi Hughes. You know, um, it's like some really nice left hands um, to the body, especially he he was busier and. It's like Cambosis come out and, and you know he uh, he'd land a big right hand from time to time, but it, it was he he throw like ones and twos, but it was mostly just ones. And if you look at, I actually didn't see the final punch step, but I remember them showing it before, like a, maybe a round or two before the fight was done. And it was like, wow, dude, like, this is, this is bad. <laughs> you know, like, this is really, like, it was a slow fight, obviously. Um, so I gave, I gave Hughes, Maxie Hughes, the, the first and the third, like I said, maybe, just maybe, because of that big right hand that landed late in the second, you could give that to Cambosis, because I believe that's where they showed the replay of Hughes actually landing his elbow in that exchange. Um, but the third round, definitely Maxi Hughes. Um, the left hand to the body, like I said, just overall more active. Um, even like, the fourth round was really close. That's the thing. There was a lot of tick-for-tack type stuff. And um, some of these rounds were close. Right, and like I said, you can't just pay attention to one seventeen, one eleven, which nine to three is just a ridiculous scorecard, especially in favor of Cambosis. But nobody won nine rounds, and to me, I didn't really see anybody winning eight rounds in this. To be honest with you, and to be to be fair, even seven. I mean, if I had to choose a winner, I think I'm perfectly fine with choosing Maxi Hughes. You know. But it wasn't like this, like when we say robbery, it's the scorecard robbery. I don't think, like, one of them had it a draw. What was the other one? Seven to five, right? 115 to 113. So, and like I said, I can't clearly give seven rounds, you know, to Cambosis either, you know. But um, just kind of going a little further, uh, fourth round was a swing round. I thought the sixth round was pretty damn close. I think that's where uh, – I think from a head clash was it the sixth round that that happened where uh, Maxie Hughes got got banged up. Pretty sure, um, got that cut on his head. But the fifth round, multiple left hands to the head, um, which actually cut, I believe, the right eye. He was landing those lefts to the head, like back and back to back to back. He definitely won the fifth round clean. And on the second half of the fight. Like I said, the fourth or sixth, let's just split them, give one to Hughes, give one to Cambosis, whatever. So um, is it four to two? Do people have it five to one? I'm not 100% sure to say that you could have it three, three. I'll say that. Um, I think I'm fine with a four, two for Maxie Hughes. Um, But in the seventh, I thought that you started to see Cambosis, like, look alive more. You know what I mean? Not just the jab, but he landed, and not just the jab right, it'd be like a few nice right hands in the round. Into the head and clean, 
And then he started throwing the left hook. And that's where I thought was a difference. That left hook started making a difference. Um, so I gave him the seventh. I gave him the eighth, too. Uh, I even wrote down, man, this is a slow-ass fight still. I just thought Cambosis had the better lands. Um, I did think the ninth round was a decent bounce-back round. I don't mean bounce-back like he was getting his ass kicked or something. But he had lost, I felt, at least two in a row, um, if not three, if you give gave Cambosis that, that sixth round. Um, but, the, but then Cambosis for me, you know, uh, more left hooks, right hands. Um, I gave him the 10th. I gave him the 12th. I think he gave, gave Hughes the 11th, though. Um, but, yeah, 114, 114, 115, 113, and then the 117, 111. And honestly, in the throwback days, this probably would have been like, Five five two or something like a draw, you know. Like honestly, like I would have been fine with six six, just a draw, just call it straight up. Even like a six five one would favor Hughes, maybe seven to five, something like that. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like he just couldn't get out of like neutral. Like I couldn't get out. Of, I mean, I know the saying you can't get out of first, you know first year but or you know go all the way to fifth year whatever however you want to say it I just it just seemed like I don't know I mean maybe you know credit to Hughes because he is kind of a crafty guy that likes to you know somewhat stink it up but not always but he he has the ability to box on the outside and so I thought he did a pretty good job of that especially in the first half of the fight um but I did think Cambosa's won, you know, rounds down the stretch. And like I said, gun to the head, I think he was one. I don't see, like I said, it's tough enough to find seven. I'm looking at it again. It's tough enough to find seven for both guys. But even with Hughes, it's not like you could just run away and give him seven for sure. Three, four, five. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But it does suck because he put on a – Pretty decent performance for what people were thinking. Um, I did think Cambosis would just be a little bit better than him and win unanimous, unanimously. Technically, he didn't win unanimously, obviously, but um, we also had a uh, um, an upset on the undercard. Stephen Shaw got TKO. I think it was, what was it? I didn't score it, but I think it was the sixth round or the was it the fifth or the sixth? I think it was the sixth round. I think it was the sixth round. So um you know, it, it was a little I, I do feel bad for Hughes, but to be honest with you, like there just wasn't a whole lot of actually someone just sent me I don't think those are the right yeah, those aren't the right copy box numbers. I think those are like fudged. That does not sound right to me. Um, and right now, okay, so, yeah, neither guy, neither guy landed 100 punches from what I remember seeing. Because I remember it was really, really low. Oops. So, all right, let's see here. Yeah, neither, yeah, did, someone just sent me some wrong stuff. But, so, it. Both of them landed under 100 punches. Hughes um, 
landed 98 to 90. He was 29% compared to 20% or 19%. So that that's a fit, you know, that's a pretty large, you know, um, definitely a large like discrepancy, I'd say. Um, the jabs, Hughes had him. I mean, definitely 45 to 25. I'd say that's that's a pretty big advantage. Um, but you know, when you throw 338 punches, for whatever reason, like you said, you could say it's it's not fair and all that, and that's and that's fair to say. But honestly, it's like I don't know, man. You know, it's it, 471 to 338 was the the. Uh, that number as far as punches thrown for whoever just messed. So, you know, a lot of times we see a guy, quote unquote, more active gets the the advantage in tight rounds. I'm not saying it's right, you know, because it should be effective in the aggressiveness, right? And, and you know, he wasn't aggressive for a while, Cambosis, in the damn fight. <laughs> so where does he go from here? I don't know. After we had Shakur Stevenson and him, you know, on camera. And, uh, you know, Shakur, didn't they cut right into a live round to show Shakur coming into the building? That was a little weird. Because couldn't you just do that during the middle of the round? Um, but Shakur, you know, definitely got – you know, right by Cambos and saying this, that, and the third. Also saying some weird stuff. I, I remember there was this one time where he's like, or Cambos' side was like, hey, why don't you take the 25% or something like that? It was That was kind of weird to me. But um, I don't know, man. I, I, I would be perfectly okay to say that Cambos has lost that fight. But when we talk about, you know, this major robbery. That's where you. That's where you're losing me. I gotta admit, because I just I didn't I didn't see it that way whatsoever. I mean that it was a just straight robbery. I just didn't see it. I saw the scorecard was horrible, but I, yeah, I didn't I didn't see this major scorecard that. Nine to three, that that was horrendous. But I I don't see all these rounds that you get to use either. To me, it was like a stalemate. The fight overall sucked, and sometimes it just is like that. I thought it'd be a little bit better. The second half of the fight was a little bit better, but that's because Campos finally started throwing some punches. But even when Hughes was in control, he was satisfied just to land a punch here or there. Hey, don't get me wrong, that those left hands were landing, especially in a few of those rounds. Um, so who landed the best punches out of that? There was there was like I think some right hands that went to the body that definitely at least bothered Cambosis in there. So if you thought Cambosis won, I, I don't have a problem, like I said, with it at all. But to me the robbery thing, like it was just a you know, nine to three, ten to two fight, I didn't see it. Alright, so Patera against Davis, right? Um, that was um, it's kind of weird because I don't know how many rounds you could give to Patera. There's not many of them. But it was like still a really good test for him. 
Um, I'll say this. I like the angle that they took for the watch party um, for Keyshawn Davis, but I wasn't sure how I felt about the ring walk interview. To me, like, sideline stuff for, for basketball and football and all that, sometimes, you know, after the first quarter, they'll they'll – you know, talk to the coach while the huddle, huddle's there, then he'll get back into it. Um, you know, you see that from time to time, and I know ca- coaches hate it, but, you know, it's like, okay, but they're not, I don't know, it's just, to me, I'm not, like, I'm not really crazy about the mic'd up ring walk where you're interviewing people. It was something different. I, I don't know if I'd want that to continue. Let's put it that way. I really don't think I'd want that to continue. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But, yeah, that was a little funky to me, I got to admit. That was a bad funky to me. I, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't really necessarily feeling that one. I, I got I to gotta admit, you know. So, and then once he got in there, they tried to ask him more questions, you know, and actually when he was still on the way and then they, he couldn't hear him. And so to me, I thought it was like, ah, you could talk to him before he walks or something, but while he's walking, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and like I said, I didn't think Davis lost many rounds at all, but it was kind of an uneven type fight. Um it was like a few good shots here, a few good shots there, right, for Davis. Um, I thought in the second round, uh, Patera, I thought he actually became the aggressor. He definitely became more aggressive. And the fight itself was just kind of slow. Um, you know, Davis would he'd land some pretty good shots. I know like in the third round, landed a nice uh, right hand to the body. Um, but didn't look comfortable. Didn't really look all that comfortable at all. And at times, you know, and I think in the fourth round, he started to pick it up a little bit more, whereas uh, Patera seemed like he was just kind of jabbing mostly. Um, There was some really nice left hooks to the body. And like I said, overall started to pick it up. I thought the fifth round was really close. There was a really nice right hand that uh, Patera landed, and he was jabbing as well. Um, It just seemed like to close the round, it just seemed like he was a little unfocused, Davis. Like one of the rounds that he didn't really do much in, he like ran back to his corner a little bit. And, you know, if you're a showman, that's cool, and you're trying to be an entertainer and all that, nothing wrong with that at all. But it's like show me something before you do that stuff, though. You know what I mean? That that's that's the thing that is kind of like okay, great. Um, I don't know. It was a little funky to me. Um, and then there was another one where he stood. They were like face to face. He stood there, and it was kind of like for like two rounds. There was more entertainment after the bell than there was during the bell. I think that's the way I should have described it first. It was like okay, well. Not much going on, but I, I will say this. Um, 
there were some times where Patera would throw a good shot and land pretty cleanly. And there would be times where Davis would hold. Um, he got caught with left hooks somewhere in the sixth round. I think it was the last minute. Um, but he would throw combinations back at that point. But overall, he just seemed a little accurate. Um, and like I said, he, he kind of they, they, they showed that. I think Bradley was talking about that stab jab to the chest. Um, that did look good. And, and then, like I said, I, I thought he started to get it going a little bit more as the, the fight wore on. In the eighth round, he knocked him down. It was a right-hand counter. They were talking about it's kind of off the shoulder roll. Um, and then, you know, he added more right hands and, and, like I said, hooks and just clean shots. There was some back and forth in the ninth round. Um, you know, Patera landed a good shot in that one. And he was still, like, making Davis work for it to an extent. Um, but I thought in the ninth round it seemed like Davis got buzzed in that, in that round. So – it was an easy scorecard, you know, to, to talk about, you know, nothing much there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, and by the way, uh, I, I a couple more messages. I promise you the second it's done, I'll let people know. Um, I haven't heard back from them. Um, well, let me, let me try one really quick. So the first six, five, one, well, the only one that has the hands up, let me, try it really quick because I had to try that a little bit. And it's just six five one be patient with me. Sorry about that. Okay. Um yeah it's it's still the same. Um so yeah. <laughs> Fortunately not going to be able to do it. Um man, God this is a bad show to have technical difficulties on. Um so, but anyway, um, like I said, I, if this, if it goes the whole time where no one can call in and talk and join, then, then I'll pro- I will probably end up having to do a, a show later, or maybe I'll do one on that Saturday or, or something like that. Um, maybe on Friday, I don't know. I'll figure it out because I will be out of town over the next couple of days, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, Davis, kind of back to the drawing board, I'd say. Like I said, I didn't think he looked horrible by any stretch. And, you know, because <clears throat> we know that this guy's been in the Olympics, because he's a hot prospect, because we've seen him on ESPN a bunch, um, I think people, his expectations are high for obvious reasons. And he's talking about, you know, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Hey, Mr. Gore Stevenson has been very vocal lately. Um, but as a prospect that doesn't have a ton of fights, um, you know, I, I think it's, it was a good learning fight for him. You know, I, I really do. I do think it was a good fight for him, you know, learning. So he can, you know, go back to the drawing board, come out a little sharper. The game plan didn't look like he was – he could have turned it up every Every time he turned it up, you could see he was doing better. Um, but we'll see. I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> I uh, Okay, I did get a message. 
but it's not fixed yet, but it shouldn't be that much longer. Okay, so I just got an update, but it's not really uh, it's not really all that helpful. That's okay though. Um, so yeah, you know, I think you just keep. He doesn't have a ton of fights, um, and just keep bumping him up. You know, keep bumping him up levels, and we'll see where it takes him. You know, um, I just think he's got a lot of hype behind him. Um, and, and he does a lot of talking and, and sometimes the fighters do a fair amount of talking online, especially Twitter or whatever the hell they're going to call it now. Um, it starts to get old. I mean, to be honest, sometimes it's just like, all right, dude, you know, like right now, Shakur Stevenson, I mean, he's trying to fight everybody, but at, at the same time, he's, you know, he's calling out Linares for a fight. And, yeah, if Lenars is there and there's literally no place to turn because, much like his last fight, he made some offers out there. Nobody bit <clears throat> whether they're legit offers or not as far as, like, money-wise for some guys to fight such a high-level guy. Um, you know, he does – he puts butts in the seats. Um, to an extent, he's not a big name, but, you know, he definitely puts butts in the seats. Um but yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. It's it is what it is, you know. I just think he needs a little bit more time. No reason to to freak out, you know. It just, but I can, you know, when he's saying I'm going to be a champ and this, that, and the third. Well, if Haney goes up to 140, some of these belts, obviously, like we talked about, are going to, you know, come loose or whatever. But that's enough about that. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, it looks like, man, I got a, a little under an hour left of the live stream. Um, so hopefully it gets fixed before that, because once the live stream is done after an hour, it has to be on phone. So you can listen on phone, but like I said, I'm not quite sure if that's going to be the scenario. Um, man, of all the nights to have, I I haven't had for this long during a show in a long time. It just happened to <laughs> happen tonight. And that, man, that sucks. Okay, so I, I'm just going to start breaking down um, these fights. Because, like I said, if, if this is the scenario, then I'm not going to sit here and uh, just randomly milk time for you either. You know what I mean? Um, I kind of wanted to go hand in hand and break down. Uh, with some folks and get their opinions before I gave my full take. But that's cool, too. Um, someone actually sent me this. This is from, uh, it's from Mannix. But the WBC president, Mauricio Solomon, has stated that the WBC franchise title might not be gone forever. Or, wait, might now be gone forever, my bad. We don't have any petitions right now. Maybe there will not be any petitions gone forever. I don't know yet. And it's so sad, you know. The franchise is such a great, great thing. And then, real quick, I'm going to address this thing because I got a bunch of messages on this that Tank is going to fight Chris Colton. And I don't know, man. I don't believe that he's going to fight him. But it's really like if you look at the source. 
Well, where'd the source come from? At least we can get a decent source, you know. But it just doesn't line up. Even for a, uh, I mean, so you're gonna fight this guy over? Okay, let's just say if, if you're really gonna fight him, Clover, right? Why wouldn't you just fight Issa Cruz? You know, just think about that logically. You know, like of course you do that. It just, it you'd you'd much rather do that. Then the other, it, it just doesn't even make sense now. And by the way, someone sent me this too. I mentioned this earlier that the Japanese box, this is Boxio Cubano, um, Cubano. Japanese Boxing Commission got a lot, has a lot to be ashamed of today. They won't allow uh, Robisi Ramirez to even wear a Cuban flag on his uniform after the Cuban regime pressured them to do that. Very disappointed. Um, yeah, so that is kind of weird, man. That is kind of weird. I, I don't know what's up with that. This is Jake Donovan. Someone sent me this as well about the judges. Judges were unanimous on just five of 12 rounds. We're talking about Cambosis and Hughes. I was surprised when I heard 114-114 looking at Southern's card. I still don't agree, but un, uh, but not an unreasonable path. Um, not so much with the other two horrible decisions. Like I said, I don't, I don't really find seven rounds for Cam. I, I really don't think the the seven to five for Cambosis. I don't think he can make that argument. Um, but I don't know. Um, but the, I mean, the one seventeen, one eleven is just ridiculous. But yeah, like I said, gun to head. I do think for sure. You know that. I, I thought Hughes won the fight. I didn't think it was, you know, I didn't think it was like a clean, clean win, an easy win or something. But like I said, the fight kind of sucked, you know. So I don't know. Um, all right, so I'm getting an update. I see Carcino on the line. Man, he, this is like perfect timing because I'm getting an update, and they say, "Hey, I just have to refresh again because I've been refreshing a bunch." So I'm just going to refresh again. And it should be up and running. Um, so for those who called in earlier and wanted to talk, I apologize if you you know you still have some time to call in before the live stream is done. It's it's over 50 minutes to call in. All you have to do is be in the queue and you'll be good to go. I mean, you don't even have to press one. You can you, you can be in the queue for a while and then when you want to talk, you press one. You don't have to do it right away. So. Um, Okay, I'm sure this is going to work here. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure. All right, let's see if we got it to work. Carcino, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Fresh out of the barber chair. Zane got me looking yeah. good. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> ready All for right. Saturday. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yep. And I'm ready for well, tomorrow yeah. night, or kind of this morning in a sense, but you know, next tomorrow morning is gonna be a good fight too. I can when's the last time that we had two great fights on the same week like this? Especially when it has to do with, you know, somebody actually uh fighting during the week because when we were kids there would be fights on a Tuesday randomly or a Wednesday or, you know, some of those super fights we remember 
those are on a Thursday night and a Tuesday night, Monday night, and stuff like that. So we just rarely see uh, big fights happen during the week anymore. So it's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was just like, wow, I can't believe it. <laughs> In the morning, we're going to have a boxing match go on, and people, by the time they wake up tomorrow, they're going to be like, what? What happened? I was wondering what we were ever going to get a fight <laughs> with the hand wrapping situation. Yeah, I know. And, yeah. and this, this takes me back to Manny Pacquiao Margarito. If anybody go back and watch that fight, both fighters were allowed to stack and Manny Pacquiao wrapped his own hands this time. Not ready. He put on the tape first. And then the goals. And then I'm like, whoa, why are they allowing this? And Margarito was allowed to do the same thing, apparently. They were allowing that to happen. But Manny Pacquiao was allowed to start with tape. If anybody could go back and watch that, you'll see it clear as day. He starts with the tape first, then with the golf. It was unbelievable. I said, I can't believe they're allowing this. And Margarito couldn't see out of either eye. <laughs> it was incredible they allowed that to happen. But this was like, we're punishing him for the Miguel Cotto situation, so he can't argue or contest anything. But, yes, that was um, a big controversy because they called it double stacking, what they felt, um, uh, what's the name, Nagano was doing. He was putting mm-hmm. tape, then gall, then tape <laughs> again, and they considered that, um, like, double stacking or stacking period. So, it's supposed once you start with tape, you've already messed up. And that's why I tried to tell people, I'm like, I don't know what state they still allow that in, but once you start with tape, you've already messed up. Now, sometimes they start with tape, like if they say, like I remember Manuel Stewart would say uh, to a lot of people, like like if the fighter had wrist problems or something like that, and they say, hey, you don't mind if I fight. He was like, yeah, you know, you don't want the fighter to break their wrist or anything like that. So Manuel Stewart would allow them to put extra tape around their wrist. You know, anything around the knuckles getting taped that's, that's to start it off is not acceptable. Now, certain fighters had extra tape around their wrists, and that was, like, to start it out just for support. That's not that's not doing any damage to people. So if he allowed somebody to do that and that was this case, then, yeah, but from what they've been seeing and the way he's been wrapping his hands, has been totally wrong from the beginning. So it's not like the Margarito situation. Margarito was like an attempt murder. That was just not the way to go, period. But now that they, I guess they have this under control now, so I guess we're going to have a fight. So now that we're yeah, going to have a yeah, he was voicing his concerns uh, and, and that type of thing. Yet, yeah, it sounds like they've already, you know, passed that hurdle. Obviously, they don't officially tape him up right before the fight. So I wouldn't be doubt if we get a little delay or something. I I wouldn't be shocked at that. But yeah, it sounds like uh, they passed the uh, the hurdle. 
Well, that's good because, see, Derrick James is going to be watched, uh, watching a lot of people's hand wrap and watching a lot of different things. That's why I'm, the Crawford fight, you know, you, you're going to be seeing a lot of stuff happen right before the, that bell rings. Uh, you know, I'm looking for all of this. <laughs> you know, I'm expecting all of this to take place. So it's a lot of money going to be um, transpiring with bets and people placing bets on where money's going to go. But this is a 50-50 fight also. Um, I, I, I like the way um, Fulton Jr., you know, moves. I think he's really got the good. But I've never really seen him under the fire with someone who's about as fast as him and can fight at different angles and, and attack him strategically and vice versa. I've never seen him in a fight where Nonito Donier, um in the first fight was the one, it, you know, the second fight was a blowout, but the first fight, um, you know, I saw Nonito set him up to run him into traps, but Nonito is a power puncher. And Fulton Jr. can hit, but he's more of a, a counter striker. But I've never really seen him have to deal with a, a thinking boxer in the ring who's kind of slick fight you at angles, and it's only attack when it's an opening. And the openings will be there. But, I, I mean, I'm, I don't think Fulton Jr. is going to get his hand raised in this. I think it'll be a good fight, but I don't know how he's going to actually win this one in a boxing match. This guy's going to keep that pace, the tempo up, and... He's not. He's gonna make it very uncomfortable with him, and changing the pace of the fight. Uh, what's his name? Ganaju. I don't want. I always say his name wrong. Anyway, but I think. Anyway. Yeah. Any, all right. Anyway. So anyway is gonna <laughs> do it any way he can. <laughs> he's gonna. Well, no, he's gonna turn up the speed of the fight. He's going to increase the tempo. He's going to wait for a minute, and once he sees his opening, it's kind of like Pacquiao, what Pacquiao used to do when he fight a faster fighter or a fighter that is quick or is a thinker. While, he's th- while they're thinking, he's punching. So he turns up the speed to get them fight at a pace that they're not really comfortable at fighting. So those fighters normally back up so they can get their space. Most of those fighters are not comfortable fighting at at uh, uh, enclosed space. They need their distance. So if you have a lot of experience, you know how to make them very uncomfortable. And that's something Manny would do when he wasn't as skilled as a, the, his opponent and they got more skilled than him. He knows I need to shorten the distance and just put pressure on him so that he would panic and make a mistake and hopefully I catch him with something to hurt him and then I could just, you know, rush him. And that's what that was the key to his a lot of his success is that Manny knew how to strike them at angles that they couldn't, you know, really recover. And his speed and activity would beat the more calculative fighter. And this one, this this type of fight here, that once it gets turned up, I don't know if Fulton Jr. has another level to go to. I love it. I love his fighting style. I, I love it, the way he boxes, the way he stays on angles, try to keep his head offline. Uh, use his footwork in the ring, control some pace. But he does get hit from time to time from thinking too much and not being as active and kind of use a little, like, just trying to land a ball, you know, trying to score a point, more like amateur fighting, than actually putting combinations together. 
and like really sitting down on shock. I, I really think he's going to, for this fight here, this is going to grow him up. He's going to be in the trenches, and he's going to have to capitalize on it. Uh, I think he might get dropped once in this fight. So, yeah, yeah I think, I think uh, he'll definitely get dropped or hurt or something. It's going to be yeah, a back and I think forth fight. Dropped. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm looking at a 117, 115, one, oh, like that, but I think it'll be a unanimous decision for any win. Do you do you think that any way will then bring the pressure? That's probably maybe, or do you yeah, think maybe Fulton will. will actually bring the pressure? Because you know, although any way can box on the outside, it's not like that's something he consistently does per se. Do you see? No, I think Fulton Junior style. I see any way pushing it because I see Fulton Junior is going to be like the Matador. He's going to try to use. His, distance and kind of keep the arm out, try to keep his arm distance and use his jab and stay at an angle and try to be cute. And once anyway sees what he wants to do and probably after like one or two rounds, he's going to change up the speed. He's going to change his faint. He's going to faint and get in and try to land something hard and then follow that up with activity and turn it up and get and close the space. See, for him, he has to close distance. Once he closed the distance, then he could change the fight into the fight that he wants it to be. And once he gets that close, then the pace is up. Fulton Jr. is going to be trying to back up to maintain that space, to maintain that distance. And once he's keep trying to back up, back up, back up, and keep the distance out there, meanwhile, every time he's doing that and anyways coming forward, it's never a good thing. Because now you're you're basically fighting in his hometown. <laughs> you're the visitor here. You're gonna have to come take the title from him. You're gonna have to drop this guy. You're gonna have to really put something on him. You're gonna have to step this up. Everybody's basically rooting for him. If you want to be the man, and this is, and I love that that we're making these type of fights now. You know, this is the guy who's been running this division for a minute, and everyone's saying he's unbeatable. But I saw Nonito Dunier put this guy in trouble with counter shots from rushing in and getting caught. But Nonito is a big puncher. Even at an older age, that power is still there, and he's a great counter puncher. So for him, he had to respect that. This is a different fight. I want to know if Fulton, the shots and opportunities will be there. Uh, you can hit anyway, you know, but can you take what he dish out? That's going to be the, the cause of it because if you believe that the hand wrapping is, is what was the key for a fighter, it could give them a false sense of security. They could say, yeah, that's what it was. I knew it was the reason I lost. And you're banking on that. Then you get right, in a right. fight and you realize – yeah, you 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 tricked yourself, and now you're getting hurt again from shots. You know, we saw that happen with Wilder and Fury. You know, he started believing these headlines to, to give himself a false sense of security. Like, yeah, it was the hand wraps. He, he was holding egg weights. He had egg weights in his gloves, and <laughs> he was hitting me with them. There's no way he could have beat me. Then the next fight happened, and you're getting dropped again. So it's not <laughs> – Pretty soon, you you know, you can fool yourself into believing something to try to give yourself some false confidence to get yourself through something. 
But once that you get back in the ring, you know, you know the truth is going to be told. And I like Fulton Jr. I think he's uh he's got a lot of great potential, and I just don't think I if they fall twice, he might win the rematch. But this fight here. I don't know. I think he's going to get a graduation into a whole new reality, something that he wasn't expecting. I think he's going to get a graduation real fast, yeah. Well, it's past graduation season, but we'll we'll see. That early morning stuff, man, it's like, what are you thinking about? Are you going to set your alarm and just jump on, or are you going to – because I I don't know. I don't want to stay that late. I'm yeah, already up, man. I'm a night owl, Carcino, but 7.30 in the morning, I'm not that much of a night owl. 7.30 in the morning, I'll be probably getting ready for bed. But right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much of a night owl I am. The sun's coming up, I'm going down. So, but right. no, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. I'll definitely be that's ready. The thing. I, I say all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know. I'm all about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to keep all myself right. ready for the Crawford fight. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's get into that. Your Spence Crawford breakdown and uh, prediction, sir. Well, I've been watching the training camps and to see if I had a uh, – well, come out with a different outcome than what I had previously, you know, what I had another decision to make or with something I see – you know, give me a false sense of security. And all it did was make me even more confident in my decision. Everything I've seen from the buildup and everything, it has made me more confident I've ever been in a decision. That, and I don't really mean a decision. I mean a stoppage in my life. Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford is going to end in a stoppage. That's something I can see. I can't see it happening any other way but a stoppage. It's not going to the cards. I cannot see it going to the cards at all. Um, from stylistic, from the matchups, um, Errol Spence, what Errol has to do is he has to take, he has to be the boss of the ring. He has to have an active jab, but he cannot overcommit and lean himself into a point where he's trying to bully Terrence Crawford. If he does that early on, he's in trouble. He's too flat-footed, and what he has to do in this fight is not be flat-footed. He has to give the illusion that he's going to move. I don't care if it's a hand bob or whatever he has to do. He has to keep his hands moving, his gloves moving, throwing feints with his gloves, you know, he's got to catch, he's got to change angles, he's got to do something different than what he normally does. If he keeps thinking, they worked for me before in this fight, I'm going to do it this fight, he's in trouble. And that's why I don't see Terrence Crawford having any real problems with Errol Spence. Errol is strong, but he, he normally loads up on one shot. That's his big left. His right is not really as strong as people think. He's really a lefty, and that's where his power is and is based off of. His right hand really isn't that strong. He has a decent jab, but it's mostly his left. That's really strong in his body of work. He's a strong physical 
147 fighter who really should be fighting at 54. My problems with him is just like when they did when he came into the photo shoot, he was overweight. He has been walking around at like 185, 190 for the longest periods of time. He wasn't in the gym working. And even when they did the photo op, and I showed it on Instagram, the real photo, not the one they showed you on All Access. I showed you the real photo and what he looked like walking in to take the, because, you know, that was before they started training camp. And you see the gut that he got when he's coming in there. So he's already trying to get himself in shape once this fight is made. He's been out of the ring for a year. He's going to be rusty. And by the time he gets the rust off, you know, when he be able to turn, will he be able to turn it up when he needs to? Will it fail him? And plus, this is going to be his last fight at 47. He's been struggling to make 47. So... Terrence has been working out. He's had a fight. He's active. The advantages he's got, the long arms, the reach, the athleticism. His athleticism is his key. Not along, Right along with his boxing skills, his athleticism is all on point. He's quicker than Arrow. He can hit Arrow at different angles before Arrow can even know what's going on because he does he telegraphs a lot of his punches he sits down and anchors his feet into the ground then he gets off balance because he throws punches and he's off so he switches just like Terrence but it's not like Terrence he switches because he's off balance with his feet he squares up his feet work sometimes when he's throwing punches Terrence is going to hurt this guy to the body I saw, and I had to point it out to people, when Ugas hurt Errol in the ninth round and hit him in the gut, and I said, if, if he goes this, the longer he goes in the fight with Terrence Crawford and he goes body shot for body shot, you can't keep expanding, getting the gut, and then sweating down and getting muscles again and think that's the same. It's not. It's called keeping your muscles tight. Once you start extracting your muscles, and expanding your gut because you keep getting out of shape and keep sweating back down to try to get back in shape. You might look good, but it ain't going to be good when you get in that ring. By the time the ninth round, yeah, that six-pack is going to look like a cake. <laughs> and then you're going you're gonna to be, like, in trouble. Like, you know, that happened with De La Hoya and uh, Vargas. You know, Vargas came in there with, like, a six-pack, ready to go, and then by the time De La Hoya was landing that jab to the body and kept hitting him in the body, kept hitting him in the body, by the time they got to the ninth, tenth round, that six-pack was looking like a cake, looked like a little baby cake. <laughs> it was like a little party so, ball. It was like a little party yeah, ball. Yeah. Little, little party balls, yeah. Exactly. So those body shots are going to have way more lasting effect. And Arrow's a Arrow's a good body puncher, but he, with smaller guys, he could bully around the ring. You know, uh, this isn't Sean Porter. Sean Porter bullied him, like, was going toe-to-toe with him. And, yeah, you went toe-to-toe with Sean, but you were losing that exchange with, with Sean. You know, you don't want to get into this firefight with Terrence Crawford. Bud's not going to do the same thing over and over again. He knows how to land his punches, lands his jabs, and he's not somebody that's not willing to stick his nose out there. And Arrow punch, 
I don't know where the people get this Errol Spence is this dominating knockout guy. Where are they getting this from? Man down. I'm like, what man is he putting down? He, he's going to the cards with Mikey Garcia. He's 135. He's going to the cards with Danny Garcia. What, who's he putting down? He didn't drop who guy. Who is he? Man down is Errol go to the cards, Spence. It's not. I'm like, he goes to the cards. Terrence Crawford has stopped everyone at welterweight. Guys who had never been knocked down, never been stopped. He was stopping these guys since the moment he got the welterweight. He has fought different people styles with different variation of styles. He has fought these guys. And I'm like, Errol Spence has been fighting safe fights. And I was like, they put him in there with guys they knew Errol could get by. They did not want to fight certain fights. He's not going to fight Boot Ennis because they're, the, they're in the same camp. The Keith Thurman fight, that's why he didn't put him in there with Keith. It's too dangerous of a fight. Anybody his own size, they're very leery about putting him in the ring with. He was supposed to walk through Sean Porter. He's a Sean Porter comes straight ahead. That's perfect for Errol. And what they saw was that was a dangerous fight for Errol. Arrow fights in a style where he has a garbage pail, he dips his head down, throws two jabs with his right hand, and then comes with a hard left to the body. Uh, all of his moves I, I, in combinations, I could tell you right now. If Arrow spins, I mean, if Terrence Harvard don't know it, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's all, he does the same moves all the time. It, it's nothing new to Arrow Spins. He's a, he's a good fighter. He's a good, solid fighter. But nothing, if you put him in there with another guy his size, you're going to see how average he really is. That's just how it is with him. He's a good, solid fighter for 154. But he's, he does nothing that really stands out and say he's anything. He'd be Chris Algeri, another 140, 140. He's at 154 getting his bell rung. They had to spring him down to 47 because those guys at 54 were way too big for Errol. Their power level was way too, too – they could deal with what he could dish out, and they could dish out more. So they had to so sit him at 147. Yep. So they put him at 147. And I think Terrence Crawford is going to beat him with his athleticism. More than his boxing ability, his athleticism. Him to escape the punches, punish him, and body shots. His body punches him. Everybody talks about arrows of this body puncher. Watch what Terry no, right. Crawford does you, to yeah, him. You you Watch can. what Bud does so, to him. Yep. He's going to break so him down it, with the body shot. So, so and by the way, 929-646, I see you there. We're just kind of talking it through. So do you think it's just going to be one-sided then? Because we know Terrence Crawford does take a few rounds to warm up, and he's lost plenty of rounds within the first four to six rounds. Uh, do you see that happening? Or do you just see it a one-sided fight the whole time? Um, I see it a one-sided fight the whole time. Because the Terrence chooses what he wants to do. If he's trying to do homework and trying to see what's going on, his thing is, I'm getting you out of here. I'm not trying to get to the card. He's not worried about, am I winning this round or am I winning that round? He's trying to see how what I'm going to do to break you down to get you up out of here. And if he figures you out, he pretty much figures you're not going to survive the fight. It don't really take him a long time to warm up. He's actually going along with the flow of the fight. 
and then he steps it up. Like, if he wants to start early, he'll start early. You know, like, if he sees the opening, he's going to take it. Like, he's going to outbox Errol Spence, and that's it. Everybody thinks, well, Errol's going to outbox him early. Errol is a slow starter. Errol does not start fast. I don't know where people got that from. He's not a fast starter at all. So all he's going to do, they say, oh, he's an active fighter, and he's going to keep coming with the activity. He's going to wear Terrence down. If that's, that's what they're banking on, they have no game plan for Terrence Crawford except for activity. We're going to just be active. And if you're active, you're going to force the fight early with Terrence. And if they do that and they want to, this is their strategy, like we're going to wear him down and we're going to be more conditioned. Okay. <laughs> we're going to see something's going to give because Arrow's going to bring the fight to Terrence. And that's what I'm saying. This is the easiest fight for Terrence Crawford. The easiest. Stylistically, Arrow is not going to sit back and see what Terrence is going to do. He's going to come forward, and he's going to try to hurt Terrence Crawford. And once he tries to keep pushing his way, land his punches, getting his rhythm, and command the ring, and, this, and he want to beat Terrence to the spot, Terrence will use his athleticism, pick him apart from angles. And once he starts doing that, going around his jab and counterpunching Arrow, because Arrow telegraphs every punch he throws, so he come with that little one-two double half jab with his right hand and tries to load up on that left to the body, that counter shot is going to come across. That counter left shot, and that's going to get his attention. Body punches. Then he's going to start sitting back, pawing with a jab. And this is going to be one-sided for a while. It's going to be it's going to be a one-sided fight for a while. Arrow's going to get hurt, and you're going to see his activity drop like somebody fell off a cliff. And then, you, and then all of that is going to be all Bud Crawford after that. Body shot, head shot. It's, it's going to be brutal. He's getting stopped at about eight. I'll say about round eight. Round oh. eight, Arrow's going to probably be on the ground. Wow, man. I, I'm surprised. I knew you were going to pick Crawford, but I, I didn't think you'd think it was one-sided. Because, to be fair, Porter, I know they're different fighters, but Porter and Crawford wasn't a one-sided fight. You could have uh, yeah. made a, an argument for 5-4 going into the 10th round for either guy. And he was able to That's land correct. his jab. And Spence's jab is much better than Porter, and he's a more fundamental come-forward fighter than Porter. He's not just a fullback or a halfback. So that's that, surprising. That is correct. Because it's two different type of fighters. So the thing is with Sean Porter, what what actually Bud was doing to him was actually swinging and hitting him at angles he didn't even expect punches to come from. And it, all of this was wearing him down. He was hitting Sean Porter with shots to the body upstairs. It, it was all – Sean was ready to go the round before he got knocked out. Once Bud decided to turn it up when it got to the championship round and he turned it up, it, he was done. He knew he, he knew he had him, and he was breaking him down methodically, putting his shots to work when he wanted to, using his aggression. I saw Sean slow down because of some of the body shots that he did take in that fight. Then I saw the shot coming up top. And I said, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's now – once you confuse Sean Porter, he was confused because he didn't know what, how he was getting hit. He was looping the shot around. Yeah, no, he definitely was. Throw, he yeah, was frustrated, he was too, at the end Boom. of that, yeah. 
Yeah, he was frustrated because he couldn't. He was like, I can't believe I'm getting hit. Like, what am I getting hit with? He's not seeing it because his head is down. And he's coming forward. He's only seeing his target he want to hit, and he's getting hit. I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be the crowning achievement. As I told Terrence Crawford, this is going to be your easiest night. And when everybody see this, they're not going to – it's not even going to be a need for a rematch. It won't be. I mean, Errol's going to fight. He's going to bring it to him. He's going to try to fight his fight, and he's going to lose at his fight. He's going to bring activity, and that's what I want. I want to see Errol bring that activity, and then you're going to see the difference between a great fighter and a good fighter. This is where you're going to see the difference. The cream is going to rise to the top as usual, and then you will know there is no comparison. There is no 50-50 fight here. There is only Bud Crawford. <laughs> there is, it is not There's even no comparable. I, I cannot well, wait till Saturday. I can't wait to. Where are you going to watch it, by the way? Where are you going to? Where, where, what do you got planned? Oh, have my house. I got my. I, I got my Aerospace buddies coming all over <laughs> oh, to my God. house because I want all oh, my money in the same room. Right, yeah, I yeah. Will you can't go anywhere. Lock the doors. <laughs> yep. I told them I want them to oh, be there to Gino. hear my phone going bing, 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 bing. All them Zell payments coming right through. Yeah, exactly. You can map them right in front of you. Okay, that's one, that's two. Whoa, whoa, where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, yeah, I'm getting all my Aerosmith money. I see right now. Yep. All right, buddy. Well,. I, 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 I'm glad that you made it in tonight. And by the way, next Monday we'll be doing a show too. So, you know, people okay. are either going to light you up or you're going to light everybody up. You know what I mean? So, oh, buddy, I'm getting a bunch of here Monday. right now because, you know. <laughs> Lock it down. I am coming Monday. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want all these Aerosmith fans on here. Yeah, man. Well, they're, they're coming for you. All right, buddy. Oh, they well, I appreciate you calling in, man. All right. Appreciate it, too. All right. You take it easy. Have a good week. All right. Good night. All right. Carcino fresh out the barbershop, letting him have it. Like I said, I knew he was going to pick against Spence. I just knew that. It's like uh, it's like the Charlo brothers. You know, he's going to pick against – well, not all the time, but most of the time he's going to pick against the Charlie Brown. That's just how they, he had some personal stuff with them. Not personal, like they know each other, but in an interview and this, that, and the third, whatever. It is what it is. But I didn't – I was not – I haven't heard anybody talking about a one-sided anything. I haven't heard one person saying it's a one-sided. All right, let's get back to it. By the way, 214, I believe I know who that is. Uh, message me if not, but you'll, either way – We'll get you in. We got plenty of time. The live stream to call in six four six three eight one four nine nine zero. And this is for those who are listening to in the browser, listen to it live. Uh, in twenty minutes, the live stream ends and then it goes into where you gotta be on your phone. So six four six three eight one four nine nine zero. You got plenty of time. No big deal. Uh, and if you come in on your phone, you don't have to press anything. You don't have to listen. A lot of people just call in and listen. So there's no problem with that. All right, let's get back to the callers here. 929, this has got to be New York City someplace. What's going on, man? 
Yeah, what's going on, my brother? Is this Christopher here? Yes, sir. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, man? Is your man Jose, the Dominican Dream? Yeah, the Dominican Dream, man. It's been a while, man. How you been? Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Tell him, tell him, man. I appreciate you for, uh, you know, retweeting the show, the the new boxing channel that we just opened up for the roundtable, the boxing roundtable. And, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely man. showing you love you love as well. You've been doing this a long time. And, uh, yeah, man, so, uh, you know, uh, what, do you want, what do you want to dig into first, uh, Fulton Inouye or, or Crawford Spence? Yeah, let's go Fulton anyway since it's, you know, just a mat. It's in like, it's less than 12 hours. It's a countdown. Less than 12 hours. First and foremost, are you going to catch in the morning? Are you going to, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, hold off and just stay offline and then watch it later? Or what, what's your plans to watch this fight? Because it's at a weird time, obviously, you know, for the state. Yeah, it's definitely at a weird time. And I was listening to you guys. I think that, was, you know, for all night hours, I go to bed, you know, four or five in the morning. But I ain't, right. I ain't waiting till no, I ain't waiting till no seven in the morning to watch that shit. You know what I mean? That, so, that's my if, problem. If, I don't want to stay up yeah. that late. I'd rather yeah. get a, like three hours of sleep and then just jump up and watch it real quick or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's just uh, absurd to stay, at, stay up. You know, you're not even going to be focused on, on the fight at that time. You're just going to be running on fumes. But that fight, uh, along me, myself, along with my man, um, Sean, the boxing maniac, uh, I'm sure you remember him. Uh, we oh, yeah. gave a, 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 a thorough breakdown. We gave a thorough breakdown on that fight on our show, and it's really, really a pick'em fight. This is really a pick'em fight. This is really a pick'em fight, more so than Spence Crawford, because uh, these guys, you know, you got one guy that's knocking everybody out, and you got another guy who is just a fantastic, superb boxer, and usually. Usually, we all know that when you match these two styles up, 90, 80% of the time, the boxer wins. And especially when the, the boxer is bigger and uh, the other guy is coming up in weight. Pick and fight, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like Fury Wilder. One, where Fury is a superior boxer. And he proves that throughout the three fights. But the power of Wilder, that equalizes. That might be anyway, where he can put Fulton down right. once or twice and maybe make it a little even on the card. But as far as skill wise, boxing wise, he might be he might be getting embarrassed most of the fight. Because he doesn't anyway is a guy just like the guy that he fought who he won twelve rounds with the first time, Monito Donaire. I never liked Donaire because Donaire doesn't fight with a game plan. Donaire is a, he's an instinctive fighter. Donaire doesn't have a game plan. Donaire is not a, a Sugar Ray Leonard, Errol Spence. The Errol Spence, is, Errol Spence is hitting you with a jab, going to the body, and then coming up, coming back up top to finishing you. That's he's, true. He's not, he doesn't he's do trying that. trying to he, land he that just, left hand. He's, he's just in there sniffing, sniffing things out, and he's, he's, he's an instinctive fighter. I don't like fighters that are – I like fighters that come with a game plan that break you down. And that's what Errol Spence does. That's what uh, other pressure fighters do. But uh, even De La Hoya, De La Hoya was a master thinker. Juan Manuel Marquez, even though he was considered supposedly on, only a counterpuncher, his name is Juan Manuel Dinamita Marquez. This guy had 39 knockouts. He knew what he was doing. He knew how to break fighters down. 
it was a thinking game. I don't see that from Inouye. Inouye relies on his on his athleticism and power. So with that being said, I'm going to go with the superior skill. I'm going to go with the skill of Fulton. I mean, this guy is going all the way to Japan. He believes in himself that much. Regardless of what has gone on the last two days where his trainer is deciding uh, the guy doesn't want to get right, tested right. or they got to do his hand wraps or whatever, that didn't come out of Fulton's mouth himself. It came out of the trainer who does speak for him, but it didn't come out of his mouth. Uh, I think it's a really close fight. I think it's a fight that in a way can win because he has that. Listen, there's power, there's good power, and then there's exceptional power. And Inouye has been has shown to have exceptional power because this the, the the way he's not getting people out is just it's scary, right? But it is, yeah, it really to, is. Yeah, but there's more paths to victory for Fulton, right? Listen, there's fighters that if you can't knock him out, if you can't knock him out, especially the guy like anyway, you can't win. You can't win because. He's not going to beat Fulton in a boxing match. He's not. So if you're putting money on anyway, you're putting money on a knockout. Well, you're putting money on him dropping Fulton various times. It could be one of those fights where he hits him so hard in the first couple rounds that, yeah, maybe he'll throw off Fulton's game plan completely, and he can outbox him or outpower him throughout the whole fight. But I'm going to go with the skill of Fulton. As far as uh, uh, Spence Crawford, the meat and potatoes of, of this year, this is the steak. This is the filet mignon of this year. The motherfucker that I just called, I remember he made a video about me like years ago. I didn't say anything. I, I, I didn't reply to it or anything. But that nigga, he going he gonna to have to stop talking boxing. <laughs> He gonna have to stop talking boxing after after this shit. He was just talking about. Man, fuck that nigga. Fuck Carcino. Just like that, bro. This guy is saying it's it's gonna be a a a. a this is the Dominican Dream said it. Jose, the Dominican Dream not said it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I listen, don't listen. condone when you, when, the when you, when you, when you when, but that's fair. When, when you, I I don't listen. agree with what he said as far as the fight breakdown. Let's say that. Listen, yeah, yeah, well, uh, he made a video about me like a long time, crazy Dominican, this and that, or, I don't know, Adam, I never met him in my life, I don't know, he made a video, he dedicated a video to me, but for him to say that Errol Spence doesn't have any fundamentals, that Errol Spence is a flat-footed fighter, he must not have watched the Sean Porter fight. Errol Spence was placed on the defensive, and he was pivoting and moving. Errol Spence can do it all in the ring. And that's why when he fought Mikey Garcia, which all he said he didn't knock him out, he chose to box in that fight to show that even though Mikey Garcia was considered the smaller, perhaps better boxer, I'm going to outbox him. And he outboxed him if the fight was 120 to 118. It was that kind of fight. I think one judge gave gave one round to Mike. He chose to fight yeah, that he, way. He, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's he true. Cho- remember, he, a lot chose, of people were saying that Mikey's going to outbox him, so he took that personal. He chose to fight. He chose to fight with the superior, with the superior skill and boxing. He chose to display that. 
And in the locker room, he said, this is boring. I'm going back to bulldozing. As far as Errol Spence not beating bigger fighters or big fighters, your Denny's Ugas is twice as big as Terrence Crawford, volume-wise. Look at his body. Look at his fucking body. That guy, walked, he walked in the ring. He looked like a 150, 4-160-pounder. He like a monster that fight that, that Errol Spence fought. Look at the resumes, man. Talking about he, he fought people at, at 147 that's never been, that he's never been, not, what, Jeff Horn? Cavalosky? Well, yeah, that's the thing. You can really, wait, if you're going to critique Spence's, he needed to critique Crawford wait, at 147. You're going to compare Jeff Horn, Cavalosky, and Avanesian to Danny Garcia? To your Danny's Ugas? Chris Algieri? No, man. These guys, Chris Algieri has been there. He's fought. He fought Manny Pacquiao, went down six times, and still survived the 12 rounds. The great Manny Pacquiao, one of the best fighters that ever did it in history. One of the greatest finishers in the sport. For Errol Spence, he didn't even win a, a, a tenth of a round. Why? Because Errol Spence fought him behind a jab, behind a technique. When you look at Errol Spence's punches, punch placement, to the body, to the head, the way he turns his gloves over, the way he distributes his weight on his legs. It depends on who he's fighting. If he's fighting a guy that he knows is not going to hurt him, he's going he's gonna to bulldoze through him. But if he, if, he, if he fights a guy where he wants to use his boxing skill and ability, he's going to use that, and he's going to bring everything to this fight. They asked Ferris Crawford the other day, how much weight you got to lose to make 147? He said, I don't really got to lose. How much weight you got to I'm like five pounds. He's light in the ass, man. He's too light in the ass for Terrence Crawford. Another thing, if you're a real boxing fan, a diehard boxing fan like you are and like Garcino claims to be, you know the sport inside and outside of the ring. And you know that outside of the ring, you know what happened to Errol Spence. The energy that Terrence Crawford had after the accident went from from 50% to 99% as far as him wanting that fight with Errol Spence. Of course you won that fight now, Errol Spence, right after the accident. Even Manny, even Manny thought Errol was sweet after he fought Danny Garcia. Manny wasn't trying to fight Errol. He's too fucking big for him. But when he saw the performance against Danny, he said, you know, this guy lost a step. I could, I could beat him now. I could fight him. And he signed the fight. Unfortunately, Errol Spence had another injury. And he couldn't fight. And then he came back, and just what he did to this guy was scary, man. When you watch the epilogue of the Showtime fight, Ugas versus Spence, and you see what yeah. happened to Ugas uh-huh. in the back. The guy was crying. He was in front of his wife crying. He was broken. His orbital, he was physically broken. I'm talking about one of the most durable. I'm not talking about one of the, most, one of the best, but the most durable yeah. fighters at 147. Point. He broke him Terrence down, Crawford, too. Terrence Crawford was getting lit the fuck up at 135 by Gamble. He was getting lit up until he came back and knocked him out. A one, a, a Gamble, who's, he comes from 126. He's really a career featherweight. He gets touched up by Hank London in that fight. They go back and forth. He wins. He gets dropped by Cavalasquez. They don't count it. He gets dropped. Even Tim Bradley, who we know he loves Terrence Crawford, he said that's a knockdown. 
As far as Sean Porter, they told I did not me. I didn't tell them. Crawford's corner told him, bro, you he up. They saying he up, and he whether they told them that they were saying he, they must have believed it because they told Terrence Crawford that Porter was up, and I believe he was up. Just like you said, it could have been four or five rounds either way, right? Uh, until the yep, knockout. Yep. Yep. All right. So you got a guy who is a bulldog who's not as fundamental as Spence, as Arrow, but he can complicate complicate anybody's night because he's damn sure complicated it for Arrow as well. But he showed a new wrinkle in that fight, Porter. He showed shit. I could box too. And he did it against Ugas as well. He was popping Crawford. He was winning the fight. They told uh, uh, Crawford what was going on. He came back and did what he had to do. He didn't stop Porter. Kenny Porter stopped that fight. And I was one of the people that disagreed with that. I'm sure many others did. Because he stopped that fight based off emotion. You seen, oh, you yeah, seen, no uh, uh, you, you seen Porter hit the, hit the canvas with his hand like, fuck. He got frustrated because when he, in the first knockdown, he was squared up. And his weight wasn't distributed properly. Boom, he caught him. He went down. The second knockdown was a was a he he, he buzzed him a little more than the first one. The first one he didn't hurt Porter, and then his dad is gonna stop a war. He's gonna throw in the towel. He has a warrior in his son. A guy that's a fucking dog, a pit bull. He gonna stop the fight? Why? A fight that he was the guy. The, the other corner told him that the other guy was up on the card. He gonna stop the fight because he wasn't doing what you wanted him to do. Because he's your son and he wasn't obeying you. Not because he was getting fucked up, because he wasn't. That's what happened in that fight. And Styles made fights. So if anyone wants to say, oh, he, he stopped Porter and then and and then uh Spence won twelve and they want to compare that, then they don't know they don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I normally don't disrespect people, Chris. I'm not gonna do that. No, no, that's fair. I, I'm, just, that's I'm, fair. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm just remembering. Hey, if, if somebody made a video uh, uh, about you, you have every right to respond yeah. to that. So that, that's fair. Yeah, that's totally fair. He made a video. About I, I understand. Crazy, I don't remember that crazy video, Dominican but I understand. And all that. Yeah, that shit, that shit was a long <laughs> yeah, yeah. time years ago. So you know. But still, that's fair. He, he's talking about. He, he's talking about. It's gonna be a wipeout. It's gonna be. Listen, 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 listen. When Errol Spence steps into the ring with. Terrence Crawford. If Terrence thought Sean Porter was a pit bull, if Terrence thought Avalaskas hit hard. When when Terrence goes into the ring, when he has to cut those three five pounds or whatever it is to make one forty seven, and Errol, who's just a, when you look at their bone structure, when you look at their bone structure, man, Crawford is a thin man. He's a strong man, but he's a thin man. If you ever fought in, in 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 the streets and in life, and you tussle with someone who who just has a bigger bone density than you, and they hit you with eight ounce gloves, you gonna know what I'm talking about. When when Errol Spence, who works behind the jab, the most important punch in boxing, you can't yeah. compare those two jabs because Crawford has a point jab. Errol Spence has a real Real, thrusting, powerful, accurate, 
of a dad that he puts his weight behind. And that's he sticks the kind of with it the whole he, fight too, you know. He sticks with it the whole, the whole, the whole fight, man. And he's defensively responsible when he wants to be against the guy. The thing is, Errol can take a punch. If you don't possess, if you don't possess any threat to him, you, if you don't present any threat to him, he's not going to focus on his defense. He's going to throw it out the window. He's going to be like, oh, I can bulldoze on this guy because he's not going to hurt me with anything. He didn't do that with Sean because Sean is a dog, man. Nobody had an easy fight against Sean. Nobody. Nobody. Sean going to the Hall of Fame. Sean shouldn't have retired at the at the age he retired. Sean gave everybody work, including Terrence Crawford. Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia never even been down in his career. Danny Garcia never got punished the way Errol Spence punished. If if Crawford fought Danny, he couldn't do shit with Danny, but with a 12-round decision. You can't hurt Danny, bro. Thurman, Matisse, nobody could put Danny down. That motherfucker got a chin. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So what's your uh, what's your final prediction, sir? How do you see Errol it playing Spence. out like? Errol Spence, mid to late round stoppage. Too fundamental, too big, too strong. Too much will, too much heart, too much chin, too much determination. Crawford, you have it. crafty fighter, crafty fighter, athletic fighter, but he doesn't have the fundamentals that Errol has. That's why he kept mentioning his athleticism. There's a difference between athleticism right. and fundamentals. That's a good point. That's a very you know? good point. But anyway, uh, yeah, thank he was you, bringing uh, up athleticism a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you so again. The, Much love, and 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 uh, you know, uh, sorry if I uh, uh, offended anybody else, but uh, uh, you know, no, you, no, come, no, you come good. at me, I'm gonna come at you. You come at me, I'm gonna come yes, at you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to him, not sorry. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> but I got Errol Spence. And then the new Errol channel Spence. is the Boxing Roundtable, correct? The Boxing Roundtable. The Boxing Roundtable. Round right. Me and my man Sean. You already know, Perfect. man. Much so love sure. keep doing what you're yep. doing, man. You're, you're a veteran. You're a veteran, Chris. Keep doing what you're doing. Much yes, love sir. To you, man. Yes, sir, man. You, you take it easy. Have a good night, man. Enjoy right, the fight. Bro. No All doubt. Right. Peace. All righty. Um, so, yeah, we got yeah, – I, like I said, I was kind of surprised that he went with a one-sided fight for, uh, for Crawford. That kind of threw me off. I, I thought he'd at least be like, well – Spence to the first six rounds, he'd be up four to two or something like that. Now, someone just fell off, and maybe they had to go. Maybe they weren't. Uh, I think it was Vic, but I, I couldn't, couldn't quite tell. But um, unfortunately, he dropped off. But we're going to go to 214, which I believe is gritty. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, Gritty? How's it going? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Am I on? Loud and clear. Okay, yep. yeah, what's up, bro? You're on. Chilling, man, chilling. Uh, just wanted to call in, kick it with you, give my prediction on the, on this fight of the century we got coming up, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I think you pretty much know. You know, we done talk, so you know my pick in in this thing. But I'm not as as biased as the last couple callers that called in. I'm not that sure of it, especially uh, the fella who who's saying it's going to be a one-sided ass-whooping on Crawford's side. 
Right, right. I think uh, I, I absolutely think we're going to see a test match for maybe the first seven, eight rounds. And I think uh, this fight will come down to the to the intangibles. Like I think in the intangibles department, I think that goes to Earl. I think he got the heart, he got the will, uh, he got the endurance. He, uh, I want to say, his 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 gas tank is better than what I've seen from uh, Terrence Crawford. But I think at the same time, it's a dangerous fight for Earl because I think Earl can get reckless when he goes mm-hmm. in when because he, he's a volume puncher. He can get reckless. And his nature is to be a volume puncher, and Terrence Crawford is naturally a, a counter puncher. So I think that's the one thing that I would look out for is uh, if Crawford can get that timing down. But, and I've been thinking about this because it's a hard fight to predict. Yeah, like I said, I'm not like the other people who got it. I'm not a hundred percent, even though I'm a, I'm going for Earl. I'm a Earl guy all the way. Right. I just think it's a hundred scenarios. It's a hundred ways this fight can play up. And I think the the more realistic way for in my mind is it's going to be a a chess match, for eight rounds, maybe seven, eight rounds, before someone figures the other fighter out, which I think it would be Earl. And I think uh. Earl's volume is just going to start to wear down on Crawford. But I don't think it's going to be a stoppage. But I'm picking Earl by the fish. Yeah, you know, I, as much as we'd like stoppages and all that, you know, of course fans love the stuff. I, I'm kind of with you, Gritty. I actually don't think there's going to be a stoppage in this fight, man. I really don't. I don't think yeah, they're going to get too wild, too open, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's so much I don't know energy if it's around this fight. It's going to be a fight. chess match, but it's going to be a certain chess match. Go ahead. What did you say? I cut you off. No, I said I think it's just so much energy around this fight that when the fight finally does happen, uh, they won't. They they're not coming out that buck wild like everyone thinks they are. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And I do think Crawford will get down because he. He gets down in most of his fights, you know. Yeah, and I, 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 I do believe Crawford will have to probably knock him down, hurt him. I, I think he's going to have to put some extra points on the board to to be able to. That's why I brought up that that order thing. Cause it's like if you can say five, if you put Spence in the tenth round with a five four lead, I think you got to stop him. You know, that's the only way you're going to beat yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so you got Spence is like Spence, it's like a snowball. Spence, it gets stronger. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it's like it, and it keeps building up downhill. Yeah, downhill, straight downhill. So if Crawford does that shit he likes to do, where he starts he starts slow, he takes four or five rounds, he might be down. You know, he might be down big, and right. then it, and then to get into that territory where he he got to get the stop, like someone. Like someone was just saying about the, the uh, Porter fight, when Tim Bradley told him, "Hey, you down?" And he's like, "Oh shit, right. I got to get a stop." And that can get which is wild as fuck, anyway. To, 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 get into to, to relay that message. Yeah, that was wild. That was super wild. But you know, that's that's Tim Bradley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for this fight, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm extra hyped for this fight. I can't wait. 
I'll be in Vegas. Uh, man, I, I can't wait. I've been waiting for this fight for a long time. When uh, when are you heading to Vegas? I'll be headed to Vegas. Probably I'll be there Friday. I'll be there Friday. Friday, okay. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's probably. Gonna, uh, man, that's going to be such a memorable weekend, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to hit the road, man. I got a couple of people on the road with me, so we're going to make the drive from Texas and go ahead and head up. It's about a 16-hour drive. I was about to say, dude, because I remember driving years ago in Texas, and one of my buddies, his parents had just moved down there, and we went down there for Thanksgiving. And we're hanging out, and we're like, hey, we had a buddy that was going to – uh, University of Arizona in Tucson, and we're like, hey, we'll just jump over there. No big deal, you know. Ten hours later, yeah. we're still in Texas, Gritty. It was like, we're still <laughs> in Texas? What the fuck, Yeah, that sounds about right, man. That sounds about right. Man. It's huge, bro. It's huge. There's still parts of Texas I haven't been to. You know, I've been here for 13 years. It's still parts that I haven't been. I haven't even been in that area yet, so. And it's, it's not it's like just, we were deep in the Texas bro. either. You know what I mean? We were still yeah. up kind of by, like, Dallas and Plano type area. And we still, mm-hmm. we had that long road. But New Mexico went right by, no problem. But that's a pretty state to drive through, too, New Mexico. With all those yeah. mountains and stuff. That's pretty dope. I thought that was Yeah, yeah, cool. definitely. Scary to well, some people, you, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, what about... Uh, what about tomorrow morning, Colton anyway? How do you see that one uh, playing out? That's another hard fight to call, man. That's another hard Real fight to hard. call because because on paper it makes you want to say anyway, like just his body of work, what you've seen. But I feel like a lot of people is not focusing on Fulton's body of work, and uh, like we've seen. Fulton win probably six, six, seven different ways. So I don't know what his fight is going to be, what his approach is going to be. Is he coming in trying to be a punter? Is he coming in boxing? Is he going to try to play it rough? Is he going to just try to keep it at distance? I don't know what his approach will be. Fulton is a smarter fighter. He's a bigger man, and he's a smarter fighter, I believe, in my in my opinion. So I th- I think uh cool boy can go out there and and get and pull a decision. I yeah. think it's gonna be tough. Yeah, you're right. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna being, be real tough. Being away, you know, being in Japan, uh, everything that's going on like in the last few days, I think right. that uh that put a lot of that put a lot of animosity in the fight. Yeah, I think it's gonna be very tough. Off, man. That stare down was pretty yeah. good actually. Yeah, that was great. I like that, that was great. Now. <laughs> I don't know you if I really ever saw uh, anyway looking that mad. I know. You know like, he got emotional, dude. You could see him like, okay, yeah. dude, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, yeah, that yeah, might yeah. transfer positively for Fulton, though, you know. Yeah. He's getting yeah. extra emotional. You know, he might go swinging for the fence. But the path mm-hmm. to victory, the path to victory for Fulton, when we, we already know he can box, I just and make it a, a hard target, you know. I, I do favor him just because he's got more past the victory. But I think he's going to yeah. have adversity, you know. I think the adversity is coming for sure. Yeah, I think so. So uh, I can see him getting hurt in the fight. I know a lot of people saying, you know, yeah. 
they don't know if his power would transfer up to 122. I'm like, that's nonsense. This guy's got amazing power. It's it's going to translate, and he's going to hit Fulton. And and if you look at uh, some of Fulton's past fight, he get hurt to the body. Like yeah. he he gets hit to the body and he gets hurt a lot to the body. So that's the one thing that I'm really worried about because anyway might be, you know, top two, top three body puncher in the game right now. And uh, that's one thing yeah. that I'm looking out for. That's what that's the main thing I'm looking out for, is the body punching. But I think uh, oh, yeah, man. if anyway go out there head hunting, I think Fulton is quick enough and he's smart enough to to avoid a lot of the big shots. Yeah, I agree. So you got so you got uh, you got Fulton and Spence via decision. Is that right? Is that correct? Yeah, I got both both decisions. There you have it. And by both the way, just decisions. today, Gritty, just today, guess what came in the mail? Just today. Oh, you got I it? I stepped in the house. Yep, I stepped in the house a couple of hours ago. I seen the package. I was like, yep. So I much appreciate <laughs> that, man. Let's go. Yeah, how you like it, I like How that. you like it? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I might have That's to get it. the black one, too. I saw the white, and I was like, hey, I, I kind of like that. But, yeah, man. Dope. I'm glad that you did this, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate the support, man. I appreciate the support. People was pushing me to do it. I was like, all right, I got y'all. I got y'all. Yeah, man. I'm I'm hyped for this fight, though, man. Yeah, man. I'm sure I'll talk to you sometime this week on a space or something. Yeah, so where are you watching the fight at? You, uh... You staying home, or you you in Vegas, or, or what? What's your plans for the fight? No, I'm I'm, I'm gonna stay home. I, I think I'm gonna either have, have some people over. There is somebody that's having like a projector screen in the backyard type thing. Okay. Which is is dope, but I gotta see the weather forecast. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Because that. if it gets wild, then it's like okay, the whole thing's ruined. So, but uh, yeah, I no got matter some pressure what, from the family right now, man, they want me to do yeah, a, a fight party at the house. So I'm like, uh, I gotta be in Ve- I gotta be in Vegas for this one. I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry, I gotta feel the energy. Yeah, hear that? Yeah, it's something else, man. Just even just whatever, just just walking around that MG. I'm telling you, dude, that MGM lobby bar, the the night before the fight, Friday night, mm-hmm. MGM lobby bar. You'll see everybody in their cousins there. Many yeah, conversations, yeah, yeah. all sorts of. I had this conversation for like a half hour with Birch, with Birch Sugar, in that oh, wow. in the in the lobby, and that shit was crazy. This right around the Pacquiao stuff, Mayweather stuff, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. All right, yeah, man. I love we'll Vegas, enjoy uh, Vegas. One of the big fights, man. Hell so, yeah. yeah, but I appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. Thanks man for calling. Man down, in. man down. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Take it easy. All righty. That was gritty. And by the way, you should definitely, he's got these posters. You should definitely check it out. Okay? Let me let me get his whole shit here. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Like, I keep getting these. I'm going to do my prediction right now. I, pr- I promise you. I'm just, just trying to get through everybody's prediction and stuff. Before I was gonna do mine, that's usually uh, that's usually how I do it. Um, all right, so it's at gritty was here. So W's 
W-U-Z here. Gritty was here. It's Gritty from the underground. All right? So follow him and get you some posters, okay? Get you some posters. All right, so my breakdown of the fight. We'll go anyway, Fulton first. So anyway, obviously, has, both of them have really good jabs, right? Very, very high-level jabs. And anyways, is you know, the way he targets it to the head and body with speed and then that keyword power. I agree with Gritty as far as, like, you know, the I do think anyway's power will go to 122. I think it's worth it to make sure, but I do think that his power will translate. But the way he, you know, the way he uses a jab, and it's not just jabbing, it's the feints too. And the way he feints with that to set up the right hand, sometimes he'll feint and set up the left hand. A lot of people do that. But the feint with the... The, the jab to, to land the right hand has been huge for him, huge for him. And we know with the right hand, you know, he, he can he can counter with the right hand or he can lead with it. You know, he, he likes to change levels, kind of throwing off people, jab, faint, change a level, boom, right hand. Um, and obviously we know the left hook is nasty. And that is a – and this is why he's so talented – and athletic and all that, and powerful, that he can either lead or counter with it. And he can find these little areas, much like Crawford in a sense, where that athleticism comes out and he just finds a way, you know, to land something super accurately with real deal power. And that is, you know what I mean? And he does do a little step back, step to the side type thing, quick little he uses some upper body movement as well both of them are in a high guard uh, a lot of the times i notice when when anyway is going at his man he does you know he does use that high guard and and you know he can he can definitely get hit flush with that sometimes you know um but because obviously even the high guard if it's too high you know, it leaves your body open. But, you know, who's – I think that's the key to the fight. Who's going to be able to come around with the little roundhouse-type shots to get when – they're, when they're up close to get into that high guard, not just find a shot below the elbows, but a left hook or a right hand and kind of looping it. Think about uh, Mayweather Cotto. Remember when Mayweather slowly but surely started using that little, little roundhouse, little mini roundhouse to, to land it? Uh, but, yeah, the, the little step back and upper body, he does have some defense. I'm not saying he doesn't. Um, but the key here will be the straight lines, and this can go for either fighter. If you make a mistake, though, you know, with anyway going back in straight lines, and even, to be honest with you, uh, anyway, sometimes he goes forward in straight lines, and he just, you know, relies on his reflexes and his speed and his accuracy. And, and so, which I get it, it's working really good, you know, so far. But um, there's a lot there, right? For Fulton, you know, like I said, got a good jab, has speed, no doubt about it. But I 
really believe he's going to have to and I'm actually getting a message right now. You're right. That like he he has to keep his head offline too. You know what I mean? No doubt about it. And he's got to not both these guys when they get hit flush and we've seen this a lot speaking since we're on the Fulton side now. We've seen a lot of that, you know, where they get hit and they're just in a rush to hit back. And they get clipped. And also just wanting to get in a tussle. Sometimes Fulton just wants to get in the tussle. If you look at that uh, Figueroa fight, I mean, he could have won a lot cleaner. He was in there trying to mix it up every which way, and, and it made it a tight-ass fight. Now, some of that is just the awkwardness and all that. At some point, Figueroa is going to shoulder you into the ropes or whatever and, and, and you know, and create just enough space to land punches. He, he is awkward, that's for sure, and just keeps coming. Um, but that does help for for him to take it pretty well. I'm not saying he's got elite power, that's for sure. He doesn't. But, you know, he has shown he's got a pretty good chin, and he's definitely going to need it. Um, but, yeah, like, should he box, score, and move the whole time and, and worry about being more defensive, you know, being more defensive, it's just in general? You know, the footwork's going to be key. The head, mer- head, head movement's going to be key. But I do think he'll have to mix it up a little bit more than just that. I think he'll start that way for sure. But I think he's going to have to bring the heat in general to Inouye at some point. Because, like I said, Inouye can box on the outside. But, you know, still to push him back, I think that's a good look. Now, do you constantly want to push him back? No, because that's not necessarily 100% your comfort level the whole fight for Fulton. And then you're also setting yourself up for a counter as well. Um, but, yeah, those one-twos, um, I mean, you could score a lot with those if, if you're folding the lead right hands and dip. Um, and then when they do get on the inside, and that's where some of that coming forward will, will take place, right, where that needs to take place in my mind. But also, at some point, the footwork, the foot speed, I think footwork, we need to see it in the ring. Some of these items – it is a 50-50 fight. I don't care what the boxing odds say right now. I think it's close to a 50-50, if not just a 50-50. That, that's my opinion. That's a lot of opinion. Gritty said it as well. And I just I feel like there are some things, hand speed, timing, counterability, and footwork. Who's got the better footwork? Foot quickness compared to footwork. Like, there's a variety of things that we got to see you know, actually in the ring, and that tells you it's good. But as far as being on the inside, he probably is. Fulton probably is a better inside fighter. Does those little duck downs, land a shot. Uh, He uses his elbow and his shoulder really well to clear space to land some of those shots. Kind of uses his glove a little little bit to kind of, you know, tear down the guard. But a lot of times it's his shoulder or elbow that clears space for a big punch. And – you could tell that anyway was getting ready for some of that because of how he was training some of the clips that you saw. But in the end, and then Japan, right? We talked about the commission in, in, in the glove and the tape and all, all that earlier, okay? And I do actually want to uh, play a tape of Stitch 
from fight height talking about it, okay? Because I think that's actually kind of important to talk about it because he obviously has a lot of uh, experience, right? It's pitch. But in recent years, I do think that, you know, Jap- like the Japanese commission, the judges that they get in place and how fights have gone, we have seen pretty fair decisions. And we have seen road fighters get the decision and sometimes get clean decisions where you're like, oh, wow, they actually did it right. So I I think we're okay there too, right? And it's not like any way is like a come forward brawler, you know, to where they're going to – he's going to throw so many punches. He's going to throw 950 punches or a fight. I mean, who knows? Maybe that'd be great if they both threw 800 or 900. But my point is, I generally side on the path, the, the, the fighter that has more paths to victory. And so I'm picking a minor upset. I, I, I don't think it's a major upset. Because uh, right now, I mean, it kind of is a, a pretty clean upset if you look at the betting on it. I mean, just the other day, I was checking out uh, my book, my book. And anywhere from and, and just in general, like the pro boxing odds that I always go off of on that website, anywhere from plus two fifty all the way up to plus three twenty. Um, that's that's saying something. Um, but obviously the bet here is still to do Inua. Now Inua, you can find them in like the the three hundreds minus three seventy and stuff like that. If you pick them by knockout. You can. I don't think there's any plus numbers available anymore, but I saw just the other day a minus 106. And a minus 106 compared to obviously a minus 370 or something like that, like that's some good money on the knockout, right? Um, and then the, the flip side, the straight, up, the, the straight up bet compared to the straight up bets like in the plus 240, 244, 253, you know. But if you if you do Fulton by decision instead of, you know, instead of just straight up picking them as the underdog. Last I checked, it was 478. Now, it may have gone up a little bit, may have gone down, and this is just one site, my, you know, my bookie. But I'm telling you, man, it, it, I think this is a great fight. I'm not taking anything away from, you know, Anyway, I mean, he has faced bigger guys before. Um, one thing people can kind of get a little lost in is size as far as height. Um, because, and actually right now, yeah, there's still a plus 320 out there. I'm on Pro Boxing Odds, which I think is the best website to kind of get a feel for everything. Um plus 290. The lowest I see is plus plus 255, Unibet. FanDuel, plus 280, plus 275, BetMGM, DraftKings, plus 285. So, but I'm picking him by decision, but I'm, I am hedging it with the knockout. And, and like I said, I could see him getting hurt at least, at the very minimum, he's going to get hurt. Like Gritty said, this motherfucker could punch, dude, whether it's to the body, as Gritty was talking about, or wherever. And to be fair, we've seen him get – we've seen both of them get hit with some clean shots. Um, but 
has a tendency to, to kind of mix it up. And, and so there's if you do box really well on the move early and you make it a much harder target to land these clean major shots, and then it can sometimes, you know, in your way can get a little picky and looking for that big shot. Um, but we'll see, man. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's right around the core five right now, central. And they're saying right around seven o'clock central. So you do the math. So I got, I got both my decision. Now my Spence and Crawford, I've said this for a while. I, I'll, I favored Spence for, for a handful of years, right? I think it was, was it Crawford's first belt that he got at welterweight from Hornet in 2017, I believe? I believe that's right. I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and right now, by the way, um, BetMGM plus 140, DraftKings plus 120. What's the highest? So, actually, I thought I saw plus 140 the other day. So, I, I don't see anything. Oh, what am I saying? BetMGM. I thought I saw a plus 150. It must have not lasted that long. Um, otherwise, there's a Betway is plus 145. Uh, boxing 35, 130. So, but I, I did favor Spence a chunk of years ago, right? Then, you know, it, the stuff outside the ring, you know, the car accident which was the major issue, right? Missed a lot of time. A lot of time from the ring. Came back, what was that? Fall 2019. God, that's crazy. It's already been that way. But yeah, so he fought because he fought Sean Porter in September. So here it is. September 28, 2009, fought Porter. And remember, he was going to fight Danny Garcia, I think, in January of 2020, if I remember correctly. We know what happened March 2020. We won't get into that, but, you know, he returned against Danny Garcia December 5th, 2020. So that's a, a fair amount of time, obviously. Then another year plus goes by, and he fought Ugas. But obviously, you know, he was going to get a fight, what was it, in August. It was August 2021, right? That's when he was supposed to fight Pacquiao. If I remember correctly, yeah. And then the eye injury. So then you had a lot of time out of the ring. Now, from Danny, so December 5th, 2020, a year go by all the way to last April. Beyond the, hey, I'm looking for my mouthpiece thing. <laughs> um, it, and I'll talk about that a little later. But, you know, he, he handled Ugas, dude, especially for that you know, that long out of the ring. Um, but here we are again, another year has passed. So if you got to be sharp and counter punch and, and you're, 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 you know, obviously everybody likes to stay active, right? Or at least fight twice a year or something like that. But for his style of fighting, everyone needs timing. Everyone needs accuracy. Everyone needs all this stuff. But there are, there, I do feel like if you depend on boxing on the move, and counter-punching and setting up punches and just timing, not just timing, but a lot of your game is just timing, I think that affects you a little bit more. But if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready is an old statement, right? And it's true. So 
even before we get into this stuff, like, first and foremost, Spence can't be looking for his mouthpiece. And I got to admit, because it happened against Danny, too. I got to admit, when I first heard him say that he thought that his teeth went out during that fight, I didn't know what to think of it. I was like, uh, I mean, I hear you, but dude, you know, you got clipped. You could have got clipped after that. And I don't think like the, the ref's going to have to grab, but, and maybe that's, you know, he wrestled. I don't think he's going to wrestle the ref, but like he is going to go for the kill at that moment. Period. It's not going to be any hesitation. You're going to have to pull butt off his ass and, and vice versa because they both really go for it. But until I saw, I went back and watched the replay of it. And then even on that, uh, the clip, they showed it on that show. And he did actually, the way he was holding his mouth, I actually started, I was like, okay, actually, I believe it now because he is holding his mouth all weird as if he may have just lost his top teeth or whatever. But either way, he cannot be doing that, right? Now, another thing about this time off, and Carcino alluded to it, you know, being overweight or whatever, there was a time from the time he won his belt to the time he fought Porter, and he even admitted this. And I remember, I went back just to check the date again. I didn't watch the whole interview, but I remember the interview. And he was talking about how, you know, between fights, it taken longer to get back in the gym, and he kept gaining too much weight between training camps and fights, right? Then obviously when he's in the hospital and all that, uh, on one hand, I suppose, you're going to lose some weight on, on one hand because you're not, you know, you're not drinking in the hospital. You're not eating steaks. You're not, you know, there's certain things that you're not doing in a hospital, right? But you're still going to gain weight from where you want to be, obviously. But he did say... And many of fighters have admitted to this. And shit, uh, Roberto Duran was known for his out-of-boxing training camp, you know, festivities, right? I mean, shit, look what they do for a living, dude. If you have a – like, if I'm sitting at home, I have a drink, I'd probably drink more. If I smoke weed, I'd probably smoke more weed if I was a fighter because it's like, damn, dude, like, it is fucking a vicious-ass game, you know? So I can't really fault them too much, I think. But my point for saying all this shit, right, my point for saying all this is he said in that interview that he was slipping and that he, you know, he, he was he was getting lackadaisical. The money and the fame got to him. He was partying too much. Um, but, and this is like, this would be, I think it was April or May 2020. So he had said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just more worried about my diet. We know for a while, um, you know, he, he's, he has a nutritionist now and a chef. And, and, you know, he's not blowing up as high as he was. He's not drinking as much as he, you know, all that stuff, right? He bought the, you know, the, the ranch. He's chilling more. And the way he looked in the Ugas fight kind of tells me that that's true because that was even a longer break and that's coming off, you know, only one fight since 2019 uh, to close the year. And then the eye thing, you know, and a lot was made about his training camp um, leading into the Pacquiao fight and how it wasn't going good, right? 
Well, that makes sense if your eyes fucked up and you're trying to. But my point is, I don't think he's this. He's a big dude still. Both of them actually are, but he's a big dude. But I don't think he's getting nearly out of shape as he was because some. First of all, some people use old footage and old photos of like, oh, look at Spence, you know. And one, sometimes angles can throw you off. We've seen it with many other fighters where you're like, oh, he kind of does look chubby in that shot. Then you'll see him from a different shot, and you're like, oh, wait. Or you see him in a live shot from the gym, and you're like, no, he's, he's got a six-pack. Now, of course, maybe the six-pack was from, you know, right before other fighter. But sometimes you can tell by the haircut and all that that it's like, well, I think he's, I think he's straightened that part out. And so if we add, like, you know, it's about three years of him at least saying, hey, I got this little issue I got to solve, and I can't blow up, and I got to at least go back, you know, to the to the gym to keep working on stuff, and that just sweating and staying sharp and, and all that, and then you're ready for your camp. So basically what I'm saying is his camps haven't been fat camps, and we all know if there's a fat camp, if you're if you're literally trying to just lose weight, and that's what you're trying to do, it does get funky, you know. That stuff can get really funky. Um, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, so I do think neither of them are just super fast out the gate, but Crawford is a slow starter. You know, obviously he's a switch hitter pause. Will he stand southpaw for much more? That's kind of an accurate, or, you know, a debate going on out there. Um, as we know, Crawford, accurate puncher with real deal power um, in elite timing because he does kind of look for these shots. He sets people up, and then once he does it, a lot of times the fight's over. I think he's average to above average defense. I don't think he's elite, but I don't think it's bad. But we've seen him get you know, punched plenty of times and of course, and beyond just getting punched. We've seen him get, you know, hit clean a, a fair amount early in fights, but he is an elite counter puncher. There's just no way around it. Um, I do think, you know, the way he sets traps is key. I don't, I don't think uh, he'll be moving the whole fight, but I think he's going. He, he has the ability to move and circle. I think it'll be more of that setting traps, pivoting, circling his opponent. Because the only time he really moved for a fight was for the whole fight was that post all fight. And I think after the first round, post all won the first round, and then he moved a lot of the fight and easily outboxed him. Now, obviously, post all coming forward and Spence coming forward different beast, but you know, that whole defense, the reason why I say average to above average, because just like I talked about Fulton, he likes to mix it up and he can get caught flush. I remember that Beltron fight where he had dude almost out. He had dude almost out. And then all of a sudden, you know, he, uh, you know, all of a sudden it was like, Oh shit. You know, it's like a different different ball game. He got hurt really bad. Um, and I'll talk about that Porter fight as far as certain things that happen in, you know, for both of them. 
Um, and then just size. size. Does size matter like that? You know, Fulton, a lot of people are saying size, but then when you look at, you know, Inuit's legs, you're like, I don't know, man. Size comes in all shapes and sizes, right? Uh, but clearly he's a bigger dude, Spence. That's just clear. Now, on the Spence side, he does have a very fundamental jab, and just overall his offense is fundamental. Of course, you know, volume puncher um, and a body puncher. We know that. When he's on the inside fighting, and he could take that fight to the inside at some point. Now, I'm not saying he should fight like he fought Porter right away. I think that would be a mistake. It's probably got to be somewhere in between what he did, and I know people are going to get mad when I say this, but what he did against Mikey and put that combination of that, like somewhere in between, don't be as aggressive, especially early like you were with the Porter fight, but don't be afraid to set up your punches and, and be smart about things. Um, like I mentioned, protect yourself at all times, all day long, every minute of the round. Don't go looking for the mouthpiece. Um, now he can be too aggressive at times, you know, and, and I do believe much like Gritty was saying, I think he's got to be patient to an extent because if you're too aggressive with a guy like this, you're wide open, very susceptible to counters and counters with real deal power, like I mentioned. So I think he's going to have to be somewhat patient and make sure the shot's there rather than just, Trying, I know he's talking about how he's going to do this and that. He's going to wear him down. He, I, I do think he's got to just calm down a little bit early, especially. Now, he does have, speaking of the Mikey Garcia fight, or even like a couple of people are talking about with the Porter, the little step back left hook, he does have the ability to take a step to the side or step back like a half a step, right? But still be in range to land his punch. So evade the punch, boom. You know, and that, that's something I think that he's going to have success with. Um, and maybe he should really start, like I said, just, a, you know, landing the jab, scoring some points, go to the body type thing. Um, and I think both of them clearly improve and only get stronger as the fight gets later. I mean, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, both of them do. It's not just uh, it's not just spent. That's you know, the first few rounds go by, maybe you go, God, Bud's getting hit too much. I remember early in his career, at least on HBO and all that, he was get he was trying to slug it out all you know a couple times in a row, and then it would only be for like the even like Hank Lundy would have success early, the Lorme success early. So that's what threw me off when Sino and some other people say it's gonna be a one sided fight. I don't see it one-sided for either guy. Uh, and then that Porter fight, there's no way Spence should fight like he did against Porter early, where he invited the tussle on the inside. Like, I'm just going to cut the distance and not even worry about it. I'm just coming for you. I don't think that's a smart, smart, you know, way to do it. Um, and like I said, I used that example of, of Bud in Prof. In, in Crawford and Porter. There's the P part. But Crawford and Porter, I think it's a fair statement to say you could have had either guy up 
after nine rounds, five to four. Uh, you know, maybe four, four, one, whatever. However, you, a lot of people don't like draw scorecards. But I, I, I do think that watching that fight, the up jab and the jab in general that Porter was able to do, the amount of times he was able to crowd him near the ropes, the amount of times he was able to just make Crawford more defensive. He did that too many times, Porter, to, to, for me to not think Spence can not only do the same thing, but build on it. Because like I said, uh, as a come forward fighter, there's differences, of course. But Spence is way more fundamental, way more fluid of a puncher. Just smoother, just everything. He's got more pop on his punches. I agree he's not, you know, the whole man down, all that. He hasn't, I mean, Porter got knocked out. TKO on his feet. Well, that's what happened to Ugas. Except, you know, his eyes shut. It wasn't his corner. Um, so, it is a 50-50. It really is to me. But I think, like I said, in that moment, if it's 5-4, to four, and it just if we get to the 10th round, I think Spence will be up on the cards. Whether it's my scorecard at home or the real one. Right, and obviously he is the A side, and this is Vegas, and this would be a good time to to bet the draw too, because you know they already have a rematch clause, so don't don't be afraid to do that, because you don't have to put much money when it comes to that, you know. Um, but I think he's not only get if he if he only hurts Spence and doesn't knock him down, Crawford. I'm speaking of, I think he'd have to hurt him in more than one round, and maybe down the stretch of that fight he can get him hurt more than one. And I only say that because if it's not a knockdown, then a lot of times the judges aren't going to do a 10-8. So I feel like Crawford's going to have to hurt Spence to the point where, and I'm not saying he'd stop him, but to win this by decision, I think you'd have to score a knockdown, and that would be the difference. Maybe it is 6-6, and that's the difference. Maybe it's 115-112, whatever, right, whatever. But I'm going with I'm going with the another underdog, not as much I suppose on the on the betting odds, but I'm going with Errol Spence by split decision, majority decision, something like that. But I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Spence. Um, but I I can't wait for both these fights. Like I said, this is just uh, I want these boxing historians from I don't know if there'd be something in the '90s. It's like my memory is either really sharp or really shaky. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so much easier to remember the last 15, 10 years of boxing because, you know, I do a podcast. So it's like I just – you talk about it before the fight. You talk about it when it gets signed. You talk about it, you know, before, before the fight, after the fight. It's like I write a prediction blog on it. It's easy to remember dates out of nowhere, you know, nowadays in the last 15 years or something. 13 years because I say the date so many times and it's just easier that way. I'm just trying to think because we may have to go back to the eighties where there was a fight on the same week and not both of them on a Saturday is what I mean on that, you know, but to have one Tuesday and then, oh man, I'm, I'm just happy. dude. I'm just happy. Anyway, we got a little bit more news to talk about. Not a whole lot the hell out of here. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time 
with this one. Um, actually, John, who was busy tonight, Spence Crawford and Fulton Inouye the same week definitely has an early 80s boxing feel to it. Yep. That's a good call. Um, someone asked me uh, when's the next card at the Armory. They want to come to Minneapolis. Well, I did hear late August, early September. Um, and they have done like uh, late Augusts before. Um, and they don't you can do it like a month before, something like that, and they can still be okay. But there was a purse bid. Bid. This is a, you can actually go to boxing scene. It's for a straw weight fight. But in that purse bid, the people that you know that won it, um, I think it's Sean Shawnee or Sean Shawnee, Sean Boxing. Uh, they have a date uh, October fourteenth in Minneapolis. Now, it's one of, they also mentioned Haiti in Vegas. Uh, Was that the only one? Was there four of them or three? But that could be the next one. Now, normally they have four a year. That's what the last known contract, you know, I know about was four days or four, four dates, plural. So could they announce one soon and it'll be at the end of August? could be early September because that's what I heard. I heard end of August, early September is what I heard for the last day. Um, so that'd be August 26th or August 9th. Um, I'm sorry, August 19th, August 26th, September 9th is what I was looking at too. That, I guess that could be a date, but it, it seems like that that's going to be the next one. Um, this is, uh, Adrian Delgado. Great follow Spence old school approach took him far, but he's adjusted, invested in preparational last few years, combining the work ethic with an experienced nutritionist, strength and conditioning coach has taken to another level. And it's evident in his performance and his physique. I totally agree with that. This is uh book Williams. Um, looking for, or looking December 16th. Bam and Sonny Edwards. So that, that's kind of cool. I like that. As I mentioned earlier, I did talk about this earlier, I believe, right? Um, that the uh, the WBC gave him another week for, for Haney and Progray to talk um, and for him to decide if he's going to stay at 35 because if, if, if he stays at 35, that's the Stevenson thing, the WBC. So we'll see. Now, Eddie Hearn talked about our, our – he has a new called Canvas, a new boxing magazine drops, 200 pages plus, though. How often are you going to release that one? This is J-Bro, kind of a funny the co-host for the Boxing Voice. Anyways, not even a top five puncher Fulton has been in the ring with. I, don't, I didn't hear that, but wow. <laughs> Damn. Um, this is uh, Samson talking about David Bennett. It is at this moment we are on standby for a big opponent. He is in a real fight in the first week of November. We have many fights that can happen. If it doesn't happen the, uh, that way or the way he wants, he could technically go up to 175. That was pro box. Boxing social Chris William Smith has revealed that Lawrence Coley has activated his rematch clause in their contract. Kind of, I kind of assume that would be the case. 
Um, Hustler's home. I'm, I'll be glad when Tank versus Haney and Spence versus Crawford fights get over with because a lot of my favorite YouTube channels are almost unwatchable from all the switching up and spinning. Got y'all acting weird as fuck. Yeah, no shit. That shit's happened since Mayweather Pacquiao. Okay, so there was news. I think I talked about this. I got another message. There's news about this Chris Colbert, Gervonta Davis. And, hey, I'll come on here and say I was wrong, but there's no fucking way that Because why wouldn't you just take the – if you're going to take a Colbert fight, why wouldn't you just take the Isak Cruz fight then? It's sitting right there. It's going to do good at the gate in pay-per-view. I mean, all Gervantes do good at the gate, but the pay-per-view will do good. It'll do good. I'm not saying it'll do, you know, 800000 or some shit, but I actually got another message to say they won't do good. But honestly, from what I said earlier in the show – I mean, it at least does 300000 At least. You could mark that down, too. There's no fucking way the Colbert's happening in that fight, 350 400 maybe even more. Maybe even more. It could do over 500000 I don't know. Anyway, I'll say it right now. I've never really thought about it all the way as far as a number. Three hundred to 500000 I think that's safe to do that. Um, but remember, the sources where this stuff is coming from. Gals, come on! Like what the fuck, dude? Um, Brad, <laughs> AJ, this is a a one love AJ. Bradley, Bud, stop EJ. He said this in 2022. Bud will stop EJ. I'm worried about the judges though. He said this two weeks ago. Bomac, Bud's gonna fuck him up 2022. First time <laughs> Bomac, just a couple days ago. First time PBC, you know, on PBC, so we don't know how it's going to go. Yeah, that is kind of, that is kind of funny. Um, so according to Oscar De La Hoya, MMA fighting, when he did that interview, David Benavidez versus Jaime Munguia is in talks to potentially take place next. He, Oscar said he's speaking with Benavidez representation. Um, this is Coppinger, Luis Alberto Lopez and Joette Gonzalez have struck a deal for a featherweight title fight September 15th, Corpus Crispy, Texas. Crispy, not crispy, what the fuck am I talking about? In Texas. Um, so there you be, it's going to be a headline. Oh yeah, and then Oscar also said in that interview that, um, Ryan Garcia made $30 million in that butt fight. Uh, this is what Garcia had to say. The fight made over $100 million for the event. I told everyone that when you choose to make fights, that the people will want it. It'll create a big event. Not only that, but we showed everyone how to promote a fight in this generation. I'm extremely proud of that. Be proud to be a part of it. All right, I think that's... Oh, God. This Boxing Kingdom site is just... Once Anthony Joshua retires, do you think the current generation will remember him like the older generation talked about Ali? I mean, if you're not trying to, you know, you're clearly trying to, you know. Okay, this one comes from uh, Ring Magazine, ringtv.com. O'Hara Davis, who is the the mandated, uh, you know, 
Mando for Roley has signed a deal with Golden Boy. And I believe just in case he beats Roley, then they got a guy. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Talk sport, Carl Frotch came back. Um, came back at Tyson. Oh, Frotch came back at Tyson. Fe- oh, okay. Carl Frotch, someone just sent me this, sorry. Carl Frost has revealed his messages with Tyson Fury about his next fight. He sent me messages saying, listen, it's about the money. It's the biggest fight in heavyweight boxing. That's what he said to me. I said, you you got to be paid more for this fight. You're going to be paid more for this fight than any other fight you would you would have taken. A bigger fight than Usyk? He was like, yeah, it's a bigger fight. Paid more than I would have got. So maybe he's going to fight that. And then fight Ugas, I don't know. Uh, FC Gusto, and for those of the know, that's a good-ass movie. Um, TV4 I'm talking about, of course. Sources tell me Sandor Martin Regis Progre is in the works for mid-October showdown in New Orleans. Or on the... Uh, uh, in New Orleans, I think it's going to be... They, he's talking about on the University of New Orleans. I don't know if that's true. Um, Usyk has now officially signed Premier League football team to a one-year pro contract. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So last year he played in a friendly. Now he's playing in professionally. Interesting. Interesting. All right, uh, I think I'm going to get out of here. Shouts out to everybody that came in. Sorry earlier, very sorry earlier for the folks that couldn't get in. My apologies. We were having a little issue. Uh, We got over the hump, though. And, yes, there was – I think I mentioned that. There was was another knockout. Um, uh, Was it Maddie Harris? I think I think it was Maddie Harris who got knocked out. Um, it's Dov, Dovianchenko. It was a huge plus twelve hundred. Damn, that is pretty crazy, man. That is pretty crazy. Okay, okay. One more thing, De La Hoya. This is what De La Hoya on the Pacquiao fight that ended his career. I was getting beat up and sparring against Valero and Victor Ortiz. Two weeks before the fight, I rented my own cabin in Big Bear so I could fuck around the last two weeks, invited girls, drinking wine. I had given up. I remember him saying other stuff about that, too, that he said that he had hoped, he'd hoped Manny that would fuck him up. Like, he, like it, it was actually really sad. Like, he, he wanted to die from that. He wanted to die. It's crazy. He was hoping he'd hit him with a, a great shot, and that would kill him. Uh, so, and I actually saw the uh, the Breakfast Club interview. I haven't seen the documentary. Actually, the documentary's not out yet. But yeah, that's some. Uh, I don't know, man. He just has a lot going on in his life, and uh, you know, like I said, I only really say stuff about him when it comes to boxing stuff like that. I don't personal stuff outside the ring and all that. Um, yeah, there was another one, Hector Andre Sosa. He scored a knockout. 
big knockout. Um, I think it was the ninth or tenth round over uh, Dickens. That's a that's a good call too. Someone someone said this to me. All right, um, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna get out of here. Enjoy the fights this morning, and obviously Spence Crawford. So I have Spence by decision and Fulton by decision. We'll be back next Monday. Um, like I said, enjoy the fights, man. This is a, a great weekend for us boxing fans. We we put up with a lot of shit over the years, and this type of shit makes it worth it. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight for five years of straight survival, of bullshit, of the whole bag, and when you become the world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. That will show you. Every dollar worth of what I deserve.